This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we reach what must be peak creepdom, RJ. Italians <laughs> and cuckolds? Uh, what? As we watch Spine 286 in the Criterion Collection, Petro Germi's Divorce Italian Style from 1961. But first, RJ, you know what I forgot to do? I I forgot to look up the proper pronunciation of uh, Petro's last name. Germi? Germi? So you're telling me that you you don't know the pronunciation, because I can can hit you. Yeah. Petro Germi. Germi. Divorzio... All Italiano. It's uh, pretty flawless, I imagine. Seamless. Pretty flawless, my man. Pretty, pretty good. Um, so what's this talk of Italians you have? I didn't actually. I don't watch the movies anymore. Oh, I so. uh, right, right, right. Yeah, no one, yeah. no one should do that anymore. Based on your uh, little spiel here, though, it sounds quite lucrative. <laughs> well, it feels like it's been a while since we've been hit with the uh, the cuckolds. Uh, well, it's, I feel like it's ever present. There was one where there was a casual cuck dropped, uh, maybe it was a couple months ago. I think I got a screenshot of it. I can't remember where it was, but, uh, it's never been so flagrant or fragrant even for that matter in your face as this one. In it's your been a fa- while. Yeah. In your face. Just like Pedro Jeremy wants it to be. Jeremy. Jeremy. Pedro. Jeremy. Thank you, YouTube. Is that what it is? Yep. Jeremy. Jeremy. You just do the Google Translate or Google Pronounce thing. That's what I did. Google Pronounce. We're living, Gur- we're living large and in charge over here. I'm, I'm gonna write Gurmy in here. Let's see. Can you hear this? I can. Gurmy. Gurmy. Okay. So I'm glad that we've got that settled, and that has been this uh, episode of the Criterion Creeps. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. And uh, hopefully you uh, sponsor us, donate to us, mm-hmm. um, promote us for that matter. Uh, people don't promote us, which is problematic because we can't promote ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. How, how's your week been? How's, uh, how's uh, that quarantine doing? Uh, I mean, fair enough. I'm almost out. Of, I'm running out of stock. Yeah, you know stock, I mean. stock, like chicken stock, beef stock, uh, vegetable stock. Um, essential nutrients. Oh, I essential see. supplies. <laughs> booze. Yeah, I'm running out of booze. I'm on my last grog, so I have one of these, and then I have one can in the fridge, and then that's it. Oh so my God, things are getting pretty dire over here. Can you send a uh, a SEAL team to uh, assist? <laughs> yeah. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Um, you know there are delivery companies uh, still on operation. RJ. I don't. I don't like that. Well, uh, see, I like. The... I like to be able to see my money, Jared. I like to be able to hand my money over. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. You don't believe in PayPal. Well, I don't. And uh, actually, to kind of a couple weeks ago, before I was in quarantine, Jared. So I went to a, a uh, restaurant. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're called McDonald's. I don't know if you've heard of this. Well, place. I know of McDonald's. Yeah, it's a casual dining uh, restaurant. Uh, what kind and, of experience uh, do they offer? Uh, it's the full experience. It's uh, the okay. McCafe experience. There is a um, maitre d'. Uh, well, there is a man at the entrance who tells you that you're gonna love it, or oh. that he was loving it. Perhaps I mean, he oh. was hard to understand. Uh, he he wasn't wearing any pants, so oh. uh, 
yeah, you, you have to speak up. I have no pants on kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I went to this McDonald's, right? And, uh, I don't, uh, frequent the place, but, uh, from time to time I've gotten a, uh, a double cheese for the drive home. If you know what I mean? Before dinner. Sometimes. Right. Depends what I'm doing. Maybe, so, maybe I got to go to the grocery store after work. So I, you know, I go get a burg before you got to fuel up before you get groceries or else you overbuy. You know what I mean? Right. So I was doing this the other day and, uh, I only ever get like one, perhaps two double cheeses. And this is usually like four. So it's under five, four, bucks. four hamburgers. Yeah. A couple of hamburgers. Uh, four. and, uh, I usually several. use my, uh, several hamburgers. I usually use my petty cash, right? Like my change, like yep. everyone else would. Like, uh, is that petty cash? Uh, how does that get generated in this cashless society? Well, see that this is the this is the issue now. Uh, so before I would have um, my my paper money and I would use it to purchase things, and then I would get change back, uh, and I would use this change to buy cheeseburgers, mm-hmm. as has been my way for many many years. This is who I am, Jared. Fucking fucking Randy over here. <laughs> this is this is the Creepsville. This is the Alberta advantage, yeah. Jared. This is what I am. I'm living proof of that. So the other day, I, I tried to go get my cheeseburgers, and I tried to offer my change, and uh, they uh, the dude just looks at me cold. He says, he "says we don't take cash." What? And I said, "I said, excuse me." He said, "We can't take that." And I was like, "Okay." Uh, so not wanting to cause a fuss That's because bizarre. you know I don't want people to tamper with my food before I get it. Uh, I went okay so i just pulled out my uh, debit card and i charged like three dollars to it or whatever and i was taken aback he was very like i maybe maybe it was the end of his shift he'd been there a long day maybe he had a lot of people kind of giving him a hard time but he, uh, he was as salty as those fries he was just, he, maybe perhaps saltier i was just i was a little bit uh, taken aback by uh the abruptness of him he just mm-hmm. said we don't take that and I went, excuse me, hmm. cash, you will, you won't take, you will not accept cash. Let me call Ron, Ron McDonald right now and see what's up. Big Ron. I feel, big Ron. Cause I feel like he would have an issue with this. I th- he, he might, he might, he says, you know, we're committed to keeping the safety of our employees as paramount to our enterprise. And, uh, we will let them have the choice whether or not they accept cash at, at any given moment or time until we don't. And we take that choice away from them <laughs> and you'll be taking that fucking money. And then like, what's next? They're just going to be accepting dog coin or garlic coin. Like no. there, where, where does it end Jared? Because it if doesn't I go end. Through, if I go through a Burger King and they want uh, some kind of NFT for me to pay mm-hmm. for a burger, I, I, I won't know what to do. What, what if it was an NFT of a sneak King, a burger, the, the Burger King, Ah, the Burger King. See, that's something that I would, I'd be a lot more accepting of if that makes sense. Um, I just, uh, you ever, you ever just feel like you're an old man in a, in a young country? I do. Like there's like there's no country. Hey, at least for you. Old oh, men I, mean, like I was gonna us. say if you're in a young country, at least you had a country. I suppose. I suppose. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah. So anyways, I don't trust delivery services. Um, <laughs> I, uh, okay. So what's the for, link? With, okay, continue. Well, because we were talking about how I'm out of liquor, and I, and you're like use a use one of those services, and I was just like, well, I, I don't I don't want to though because a I don't know how to use the internet, and b I don't trust 
delivery services either. Uh, so like I can't, I, I physically can't use the money. I just don't know how to do that kind of thing. Which I know you're aware of because I have, I have uh, used your resources before to purchase things off the internet. Because as, as you understand, I don't know how. Or you're lazy. It's I don't want to say which one it is more of, but it's definitely both of those things. If that mm. makes sense. Yeah. So, anyways, I think I uh, I think I should be okay. My uh, isolation's done in two days, so if I can't if I can't make it, there's probably a bigger issue at play there. Right. Um. But uh, yeah. Like doing all right. I was like, I'm fine. Nothing. Good. I I. I it's not like I would have been anywhere else anyways. Like other than me not being able to go to the grocery store, it's like whatever. I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I can eat a can of beans, Jarrett style, right you, out of the can. You uh, didn't take to the the roads and join fellow patriots in protesting stupid churches that <laughs> say that hey, you know what? I I think the blood of Jesus will protect me. <laughs> um, um, which it I won't, mean, but... it, it can't be used that way. You can use it to better yourself, Jared. But you can't use it for evil. Can you drink it? I mean, the Paw Wraiths would would uh, say that you could. Right. That's Paw Wraith religion there, Jared. That's right. not good home <laughs> Catholicism. Hmm. All right. Uh, no, I did not uh, join the uh, protesters and bring the fence down, but uh, right. I saw you were there, I think, oh, in the no. background. Well, you weren't participating. You I, were just I, eating I, a hot dog. I, I sent my proxy... Uh disgraced uh uofl professor tony hall was uh, pumpkin. He, he was there for me um walking around walking into the frame in front of media and then walking around with a sign that said uh covid jabs kill and he was using it to like block camera footage saying that oh, you're see. the worst you're the worst that's the uofl guy yeah and uh, and but he's also the same guy who talks about how you know you know jet fuel wouldn't be wouldn't get hot enough to burn uh, steel beams. Was he the dude who was riding driving riding around in that van and like it was a couple summers ago? But it was like it was a van all painted up. It's like nine eleven. Know the truth. And uh, it's like jet fuel. And I, like, that's that's we, another guy. This is this is this. There's more than there's warm. Amazingly I, enough, RJ, there's more than one guy. <laughs> I I know there is, but it's like in my mind, it's like where we live should be so far removed from these things, but it's not. It's not. There's, no, just there's, like, there's nothing else better to do here, apparently. Just watch Star Trek. It's exactly, that easy. Exactly. I spent an entire year of my life doing it, and mm-hmm. I I might be better off. I don't know. I, I can't say, but uh, you know what I never did in a year? I never started a conspiracy theory about uh, about things and jet fuel and steel beams and stuff like that. And, and, and you even have a platform for it. I do. I'm one of the few, and I have a character that was created for this podcast that would probably promote uh, like unconventional uh, ideas. <laughs> unconventional. I had to think for a second a, on how to phrase uh, that. How about a traditional? A traditional? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a. What was the one that? Um, I I don't know if I just made that one up. I mean, I might have just invented a word. A traditional. Yeah. That one might. It's got to be. It's got to be somewhere. Some yeah. somebody's used it. I've heard of like alternative nope. histor- uh, history. Sure. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like untraditional or something like that. But untraditional. A, a traditional. <laughs> a traditional is not out there. I, I think I did it. So I you think, coined it. I coined it. 
So is Webster's uh, maybe, but someone somebody's got to have used it. Oh wait, on Urban Dictionary, it's there. It is there. Does it? Do we have like a uh, a founder? Is there a guy named like Craig who like just made it up one night by mistake? Well, there's only like one person. It's it's only been used once, uh, or maybe like, and it's got like five thumbs up on uh, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> A concept, idea, thought, action, process, item, etc. that is not traditional. Similar to atypical, but in terms of traditions of a culture, society, or group. Okay, so, but how did you want it to be used? Uh, in the context of, of you. You're, oh. you're atraditional. Some would say I'm full traditional. Some might say. In the sense uh, of me fulfilling uh, the promise. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, I hear you. See, I gotta be careful what I'm what I'm talking about here. Did you did you see those um those clippings from that uh that uh, text that I sent you early uh just about an hour ago? Yeah, I did from your from whatever you're reading. Uh, oh, it's not near me. It is uh paperbacks from hell. Uh, the auctioneer. Oh, well, that makes that makes more sense. You know, yeah. we just actually, you know, what the irony was, I was gonna make a joke, being like. Quit sending me your dad's emails, and he's an auctioneer. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a perfect, uh, it's a perfect alignment. Comes full it's, circle. I'm, uh, I'm about halfway through. I know you, you, you own this book too, but you, I, you've never read it, have no. you? God, no. Okay, it's, uh, it's good. Um, it, it definitely hits the beats that you'd think it would hit. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, it's like an auctioneer shows up, starts selling stuff, and then shows up once a week. It's like we got nothing left to sell. And it's like. That that is like that can't be true. What about this? And then the auctioneer just starts taking things, and then people start leaving their homes, and then people's houses get sold. And mm -hmm. then I was like, they're gonna start selling babies, aren't they? Yeah, and then, they are. You know, uh, lo and behold, all right. Now he said, now nice and legal. We got the adoption papers here. Ten thousand dollars for this full-blooded baby. This little baby here. Uh, so it was like, even though I could see where it was going, I was, I was still like, I'm on board for this. This were, is fun. You were <laughs> nodding, going, yes, mm -hmm. sell those, mm -hmm. sell them babies. I, I went, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it actually, it, uh, it reads a lot like, um, or it doesn't read, it plays out a lot like a Stephen King book, like the characters. Well, I, I, I was wondering, cause I was like, I was going to yeah. say, what, what new Stephen King is this? It uh, it plays out a lot like that. Uh, the only thing though is that uh, this this lady who wrote it, her name's well, the author's name is Joan Sampson. Um, this lady doesn't she doesn't bullshit. She tells you what what's going on, and then boom, next paragraph, like it jumps like a week. It's like we're back to where we're going. Like, so uh, the book's only like two hundred and thirty pages or something. If Steve was writing it, it it would have been eight hundred and fifty pages. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's all uh, all killer, no filler, baby. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you know if you know what I'm saying. Well, you, you want to hear from Creeps Villia? Uh, yes. The Creeps Creeps Nation. Uh, yes. I'm gonna take my sweater off, but continue. All right. Well, first of all, RJ, we've got Sam Sanchez. I just huh? got I got a little show there. Uh, do you do you need to call a doctor? Uh, <laughs> or the I'm, police? Uh, after that kind of a demonstration. <laughs> You'll see. Sam Sanchez, no subject. Hey, guys. Mm -hmm. Glad you guys enjoyed your week off and your triumphant return last week. 
Not too much this week, though. Did want to provide a much-needed baseball update. Oh, thank goodness. In fantasy news, my team earned a week one victory and currently off to a big lead in week two, so a good start for Team Sam. In actual baseball news, the Angels are off to a solid start about 12 games into the season and currently in first place in their division. Angels' uh, Shohai Otani making uh-huh, a uh-huh. lot of news thus far as he's finally healthy and showing glimpses of his promise to be the first legitimate two-way star since yep. Babe Ruth 100 years ago. Yep. By two-way, it means the first player to try and both be a pitcher and a hitter successfully. In his first pitching start mm. of the season, he both threw the fastest pitch of the season at the time, 101 miles per hour. Good God. And also hit the HR with the fastest exit velocity 115 miles per hour both in the same game but i'm mm-hmm. sure you both already knew that uh i've heard of one ways but uh this two-way situation this is news to me so uh i didn't know uh the babe was a uh a pitcher though because i've seen the sand lot i know what's up yeah that's i think i knew that i think that's ken burns <laughs> Because of Ken Burns, yeah. I th- I thought there was another one too. Like maybe it was before designated hitter, and then they made it. But hmm, I don't know. For some reason, I want to say Barry Bonds. I know that's not right, but uh, <laughs> well, take that, Sam that, 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 that That's the Mad Libs. You just put Barry Bonds in there. Just put Barry Bonds in there. Yeah, he he was a two wayer as well. Mm. Let's just let's just go with it. I believe last week discussed logging legitimate things on Letterboxd, and Jared always mentions constantly getting things removed, re-added, and removed again several times. Just wanted mm-hmm. to mention that I don't recall my film count ever really changing at all, or at least not noticeably. Could be, uh, could just be I tend to have a tad more integrity with what I log. Oh, wow. Shit, Sam. Huge. Coming for you. Man. Coming right for you, man. Wow. Hey, That's huge. Lasagna cat doesn't count? Like... Get out of here. Um, well, see the the yeah exactly the thing with lasagna cat that I think is most frustrating is that uh, it was my most uh, liked review for a really long time. Well, you know, and right, then it went away twice. Right, so right now, RJ, as I'm sure uh, some of you have noticed, uh, mm-hmm. some episodes, two parters of Star Trek: Next Generation are loggable. Yes, they are, and, and that's what I do. As now I'm logging them as rewatches. Yeah, why, why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. Looking forward to the next opportunity to demarcate where I am in the series as I get as I work my through, way through it. Uh, is he saying that or are you saying that? Me. Oh, yes, I agree. Yeah, I think... but it's going to get probably taken away from me too. I'm sure of it. Oh, probably. But this has been my gripe for a long time, right? There's no, uh, there's no consistency to what they put on there and what they don't. So it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Very frustrating. Sam, of course, it said air fresh. Yeah, could be, could be, could be, could be. I suppose if you put it like that. Also, just wanted to mention another potential overlap and infringement on your territory by Uh-oh. fellow Canadians over at Film Junk. Oh, they have proposed two potential series for their Patreon. One is a Criterionitis series where they'll wow. just randomly pick a Criterion movie to discuss as a bonus episode. The wow. other proposed series is on Star Trek TNG. Son of a bitch. Both would firmly be encroaching on Creep's territory. Though Star Trek isn't necessarily a new addition over there, they're, they've had premium episodes discussing each of the original movie series as well as TNG movie series. Just never have they gone through the show yet. Though I doubt they'll spend a combined 54 hours and counting on Star Trek talk as you guys have elapsed <laughs> thus far. I'm glad to, to know he's keeping count. And um, my first and only 
comment uh, to Mr. Sam Sanchez here is what has he done to correct this? Because clearly he's been following along with this other allegedly Canadian podcast. Mm -hmm. And I put that in uh, quotations there. uh, And he's aware of these things happening. Uh, What is he doing for us is what I want to know. How is he going to look out for us? Has he mentioned this to them? Uh, has the Creeps Nation sought after these people and tried to rectify the situation? I don't know. I don't know. What are you going to do, Sam, is what I want to know. All right, guys, that's it for today. Look forward to Divorce Italian-style talk. I haven't seen it, but I find it hilarious that this, along with other Criterion 60s Italian comedies like Mofioso and Seduced and Abandoned, are three movies I have pretty high on my watch list, but you guys are dreading it so much. I guess I'll find out soon enough whether I should be looking forward to it or not. Take care, guys. Take it on easy on those sensitive and courteous Italians. Hmm. Well, I mean... It's not that we were dreading it. I feel like that's the wrong way to look at it. We were kind of dreading it. Yeah, we were dreading it. Yeah. yeah. I'm still, I still just want to know what Sam plans to do about this situation. Mm hmm. Because this is live, right? He can email in before the yeah. end of the episode. Mm hmm. Right? Just throw yourself on that grenade, Sam. Just see what happens. If they want to, if they want to drop the 50 bucks to guest on our podcast, they're more than welcome to. Prove your love, Sam. Yeah. What are you going to do, Sam? Tell us. Only one other email, RJ. Really? So that uh, that um, break week that you've been warning about uh, for years, you're like, people will stop caring. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Did people stop caring? Man, just think the next time we do one, it'll be done. There, 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 <laughs> there, there will be no more coming back. Yeah, I think the next uh, break week we have is the end of the podcast, it seems. I think so. It's out there, folks. Rightfully so. I mean, if no one emails in, I guess nobody cares. Justin so Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing? Jim Rat trying to get them hot abs. Wow. I like the sound of this. Where, where, where are we going with this one? Hey, Jared and RJ. What's happening? Spring is in full effect. And I am busy as hell taking on extra tasking or extra tasks at work and coaching a really young T-ball team, which is really putting my patience mm. and competitive spirit to the test. But one new addition to my schedule has been hitting the gym twice a week while my kids are in Ninja Warrior class next door to my gym. Oh, shit. So have you ever had a big gym boy phase? And what kinds Ooh. of stuff did you uh, like to do at the gym? I like to hit the sauna, hit the elliptical for about 30 minutes before doing all the circuit machines, arm curls, and bench pressing. I used to try to lift as much as possible, but now I stick with moderate lifting in an attempt to just slim down. I, so, I've done no gym. Wait a minute. He hits the sauna before he works out? Uh, I think he's saying he likes the sauna. I'm not sure if oh, this okay. is necessarily the order, but it could be. I thought he was saying that he was doing it before, and I was going to say... He could be. He could be. Maybe he's doing it to loosen up. Damn. Maybe maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe loosening up means more injuries. I don't know. Justin, Mm. be careful. Be careful out there, man. We're worried about you. Yeah. And more more to that, we just don't know what to expect anymore. We don't know what to think. Um, What were you talking about? Gyms. Oh, yeah. Well, you you went on a big health uh, kick for a while. What was your secret? But no gyms. Yeah, you're. So uh, I, 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 I've never, I've never stepped foot in a gym in my uh, adult life. So, really, this, this, this is this is for you, RJ. So wait, yeah, but you do stuff at home, right? Like you're doing like clenches it's right not, now. It's not, it's not, it's no, not, well, I'm, I'm like having to hold back my 
anger looking at you. And right. so okay. that's, so a that work, that's a, that's a workout in itself, but, it's a workout uh, yeah, itself. no, I, I don't, I've never, uh, I've never fucked with this gym business. I know you have though, RJ. I have. Yeah. So my, my preferred take is, um, just get a family size bag of salt and vinegar chips, eat the whole bag. Yep. You'll sweat so much that you don't have to go to the gym. There you go. That's the secret. And it all comes out in the end. It all, well, I mean, it all, you're only ever renting it. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Poop. Uh, poop. Oops. Uh, I fucked around with some gyms before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I would, uh, I guess spurt, go for a couple months and be into it. And then, you know, as soon as you miss a, a week or two, like, uh, like podcast wise, then you just give up right there. <laughs> just, just give up. You just give up. You get that taste um, of freedom. You're like, what was I doing that all for? Who, to whose benefit? <laughs> to whose benefit? Especially since nobody, nobody cares. Nobody writes in. We there we have no internet uh, presence at all, other than uh, my memes. <laughs> my memes, Jarrett, which how, are mostly how, sent. How how are the memes be, uh, doing these days? Uh, I do have a little backpile. There were a couple that I haven't posted yet. Some Rob Eagles. I do have a couple Sugarheads. And if anyone else has sent me one that I haven't posted, I apologize. It's not because I uh, didn't intend to, but I must have just forgotten some of them i sit on because it's like it's kind of like with how i post the normal things it's like i know it's there and then if something happens topically that like i feel like it would be more impactful then i'll know to use it but anyways jims uh i was never a huge weightlifter guy not for any reason i just didn't do it even though i know that's a the best way to burn fat allegedly um but I, uh, I liked the elliptical. It was easy on my knees, Jarrett, because uh, I played contact sports for a long time and my knees are a little rough. But also you feel like a Bigfoot when you're on the elliptical, and that's pretty cool. You ever you ever uh, went on one of those? No. You ever fucked with an elliptical? No. Do you think that you would look fun on it, though, like like a Bigfoot kind of? <laughs> you, ever, you ever think about that? Justin continues. So, what are okay. some of the most memorable workout scenes in movies besides the Rocky montages? I would have to go with the one from the Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger is good. I mean, the Rockies are very good. Uh, Aerobicide has some good workouts. Um, Batman v Superman that has been. Say, yeah, that, that, I think that's uh, you've been your go-to for a while goes without saying see that's the that's what uh the snyder cut was really missing there was no working out scenes and uh i gotta say i think it's it's just not very good because of that it's all about that clanging and banging it is about clanging and banging like would it wouldn't you like to see ben affleck flipping tractor tires <laughs> just a little bit more than you have been i you know what though i think i'm good and, really? and and now that it sounds like uh, Justice League doesn't have any of that, even in the Snyder cut, I mean, yeah. even less reason to watch it now. Well, see, it's what I'm saying. You, if anyone's interested, you just got to go rewatch. You got to watch the Rage edition of BVS. It's mm-hmm. got more working out in it. It's what it's what people want, Jared. It's what they want. It's what people want. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Goat movie question oh, okay. of the week. Uh-huh. I finally checked out the Maltese Falcon. I would say, other than the great performances, I mostly found it underwhelming. Yeah. So, what are your favorite John Huston movies? I should really make some time mm. to watch that Treasure of Sierra Madre again. 
I don't know. John Houston. Where's John Houston? Uh, well, there's Wiseblood, which is a future Criterion creep. That is a uh, pretty unusual movie. Uh, because of its cast or what? Oh, no, not because of its cast. It's just uh, it's an odd little movie. And it's like kind of toward the, uh, the end of his career. Mm. Well, see, how far down the line is that for us? Oh. Cause I I got a I got a Brad Duraitch that I'd like to get scratched, but I I, I don't want to break my not watching Criterion's God before the damn, time rule. I don't know. He's got some good stuff. So yeah, Melty's Falcons is first. That's always a surprise. Uh, Treasure Sierra Madre is my favorite for I'm gonna, sure. I'm gonna say Fat City. Hey, Fat City is decent. I just like the title. Krem- actually, uh, the one I quite like, but this is uh, if you're a fan of. Uh, which I, I believe actually, uh, so there's like the man who would be king, which uh, uh, Actium Jackson Maximus I think just watched today. Uh, but in the same line, like this is when he started making like almost like Garth Ennis comics, but in the mm. '70s, um, there's this one movie it's called The Kremlin Letter that I think is actually really good. But the Kremlin Letter, the Kremlin Letter, yeah, mm. that's a, interesting. Uh, that, that's a that's a deep cut. That is uh, oh. that is that is not on the the lips of anyone when they talk about John Houston movies, but it's way near the bottom, way near the bottom. No one's seen it. Hmm. Have you seen it though? Twice. Oh, four and a half stars. Yeah. Was... My, 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 mm-hmm. well, I might add, Ooh, yeah, I can. Yeah. Looks interesting. What about Annie Jarrett? Are you not an Annie guy? <laughs> I'm not an Annie guy. Why not? It seems like what, that'd be your kind of. What was with these like? Yeah, you had uh, John Huston making Annie movies, and then you have uh, Robert Altman making Popeye. All these, all these old old men making their uh, newspaper strip characters into, about, into movie characters. Yeah, that's a little strange. What about Houston's Moby Dick? Is that a yeah, good one? Never seen it. Hmm. That's got big old Greg Peck in it. it who? <laughs> big Greg. As who? Uh, Ahab. Oh yeah, he is Ahab. I thought he would have been the whale. Who do you think they got cast for the whale? Uh, Idris Elba. Uh, no, I heard he doesn't fit uh, <laughs> the uh, the critique for uh, his uh, the the show of which he's a star of. Even yeah, I think he doesn't quite fit. B- BBC executive. <laughs> uh huh. That was an interesting one today. I saw that. I didn't. I didn't click a link to read more on it, but I went, "Huh, mm-hmm. strange. How strange." Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go Annie, and I think Jarrett's uh, pick is Annie as well. So that's two for Annie. Foodie question of the week. Mm-hmm. Follow up from last week. The reason I consider pork rinds as a healthy uh, option is because they have zero carbs. Okay. Oh, interesting. See, I didn't know. We don't uh, we don't get a ton of pork rinding up here, hey? It's like yeah, I, it's one of those I, things like I've uh, I heard about, and then I remember eating some at some point, and I was like, "What the fuck? Who who eats these?" <laughs> See, well, but that makes sense. Yeah. That makes that that's there you go. It's not even like it's one of those things though too. Like you know, like you know how there's like uh, staple snacks that like when you would go to someone's house. Or like a party, they would just be out, like chips and things like that. Some old pork Dutch. rinds, some old Dutch pork rinds fits in that realm, but not here where we live. Like pork rinds just aren't very popular here. I don't think. No. If 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 I went to a person's house and they had pork rinds on the table, I'd shit my pants. 
I'd say no fucking way. Well, don't do that. Like, get into the washroom. Why? No, this is my new thing. <laughs> just, just. Are you, like are, you, are you working on it? Is that is that been your uh, COVID hobby? This is what I've been training for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I I wasn't just wasting time watching hours on hours of Star Trek. I've You're been I've been training myself to shit my pants just on command. <laughs> on, on command. Well, I I mean that's a lot of, when you're watching that much Trek. Damn. Could you could you imagine the message it would send though if you just did it on command? I I think it'd be true to Roddenberry's vision. To shit shit in pants on command. Yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Just like if you could only make one kind of dinner every day for one week, what would you go with? Studying abroad in Sweden was the first time I ever had to do my own grocery shopping. So to keep things really simple and somewhat healthy, I would frequently just make beef tacos with a side of kidney beans. For some reason, I never got tired of that. Well, what do you, what do you say, Jer? Would it be taco time for you? That you make at home every day for a yeah, week? Yeah. Um, hmm. Kind of taco time. I probably like this for, man, it's tough. Well, what say you, Rube? Maybe like a, something with noodles. Something with noodles? Elaborate. Like an Ishiban, but maybe without, some days without the broth. Itchy bandwidth. Well, so here, here's an important question. Do you have to consume the meal in full or can you pick and choose out of it what you want? Because my answer would be a charcuterie board because then I could just pick and choose some that's each a day. That's, that's a cheat. See? But these are the rules that you have to – I need to know about That's a real Kenny Hotz move right there. To agree to something and then pull out like, see what I would do is I would pull out a huge like tr- like tray like a deli tray like or it's, like, a like it's turkey. Tray. You just you said a dinner. This is a turkey dinner. Yeah, and it so would be the, it'd like, be the whole thing. I could have mashed potatoes this day and some turkey and then some peas mm-hmm. and some cranberry. It's like no, no, you can't do that. See, that's that's where your mind has to get, Jared. No, see, it doesn't. No, because because he's a sociopath. Yeah. But he he won a lot. And what what really matters in the North American Western philosophy? Does it is being a good person what's going to get you ahead, or is doing what needs to get done? I don't know, Mr. President. Listen, I'm going to say the things that people aren't willing to say. That's right. You sure are. All right. I will do. I'll do the heavy lifting for you. Okay. Uh, what's, What's your choice? Charcuterie board. No, I I don't accept that. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say craft dinner for RJ. No, well, you know what I have made that I've I have consumed for an entire week is that weird macaroni hot dog thing I make. <laughs> I've I've eaten that for an entire week or chili, because when I make chili, I make such a huge amount. I usually eat it for like four days. Yeah, it's got it all. Mm-hmm. Real sweaty. Real but, sweaty. Yeah, let's uh, let's go with that. All right, let's go with the nerds rope. What? You ever had you ever had a nerd's rope? No. No? You can look it up. I'll let you look at that up. Finally, some game talk. Have oh, you yeah. ever played a game you thought would make a great movie? I kept thinking about that while yeah. playing Assassin's Creed, but I got to see that movie as a result of all the terrible reviews it got. Also, will you be checking out the new Mortal Kombat flick? Looks pretty fun. Thanks for the time, creeps, and have a great show. Cheers. 
Well, thank you. I, I, well, I guess, first of all, I, I have seen that trailer for Mortal Kombat, but uh, like most movies, <laughs> I, I'm not watching anything. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I watched that R-rated trailer, and uh, I was like, that sure looks like Mortal Kombat to me. <laughs> Which I isn't this, which I isn't this what you've always wanted, Jared? The, the summer of going into grade seven. That's when mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat came out, and uh, it was pretty sweet. But I listened to that soundtrack an awful lot back then. To the Mortal Kombat soundtrack? Yep. Were you just flexing a lot well, that, to, well, while you were listening to you it? Know, rocking out to that EDM. EDM. Wow. Is that how's that different from what you're doing today? Listening to EDM. Not, yeah, and, not, and not listening to it, pretty, oh. pretty, pretty stark, I guess. I um, video games that would make great movies. Bah, how about just Metal Gear Solid? Well, it's in development, Jarrett, with your buddy uh, uh, Oscar one, Isaac. One, one day, a solid snake. I, Allegedly, I, I don't know how it'll work. I don't know. Is there? Are there good? This is always the thing. Is like, are there good video game movies? There's. I think there are a couple that have broken through, but not many, right? Like. Mm-hmm. The majority of them aren't great. Um, I know people were super hot on Detective Pikachu, but like even that wasn't wasn't like great or anything like that. No. It it was what it was, no. kind of thing. Uh, I think the original Mortal Kombat movies were pretty good. I stand and I stand by that. Like those you movies were wicked. Stand by it, huh? I stand by that. Okay. I don't know if I'll. Um, I don't want to pay the like the early access rental fees to the Mortal Kombat movie, but I do, I would like to watch it. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to pay $26 to no. watch it here. God, no. Because that's what it would cost for us in Canada, which seems like too much. Uh, yeah, Metal Gear Solid, for sure. Um, what other games would make good movies, Jarrett? I don't know. Metroid? Uh, with, with Ronda Rousey? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm. see i keep seeing that now too with other celebrities it's like this celebrity wants to be this actor for that movie and it's like well of course they do mm-hmm. and it's just like you can't just say things into existence off. or can you can you i don't know anymore i hope not no yeah. oh well oh well oh well that reminds me uh, randomly of since you brought up old uh Oscar Isaacs. I'm like, when does uh, when does the Dune come out? It looks like they've put... in fall. Yeah, October first. Are, yeah. are, are they going to try to actually put it into theater again? Because it seems yeah. like they, they, they keep flip flopping on that. Yeah, it sounds like there was a uh, a big uh, commotion about it because Christopher Nolan lost his fucking lid. So they uh, they're like, oh, all right, we gotta. <laughs> why do they always? <laughs> why do, why does his? Why does why does he matter? I don't know. I'm I, I'm saying that as like. Uh, is one of the biggest Christopher Nolan proponents. It's like, I don't know how he has so much pull, I guess. Because he's just made them so much money. Like, they're just like, whatever you say, Chris. And he's like, all right, we're going to do it then. But, yeah, I feel like, uh, I don't know. Just just go with it. Just go with it. Whatever, mm. fuck it. Who gives a shit about Dune? I saw another thing about that Dune, like the guy who wrote it or something was just like, he's like, we have some of the most incredible things in here. In this, it's going to change filmmaking forever. And he's just like, mm-hmm. Is that John mm-hmm. Spates? Or something like that, yeah. The other one here, we got a, a, uh, Eric Roth. Uh, it might have been the Spates guy. 
But I always find that so silly. These people, it's Ooh. like this guy involved in the movie says it's going to be good, yeah, and everyone's I, like, "Oh yeah, it sounds good." I don't know about this Eric Roth guy. His uh, what's he been involved? Well, in? Well, his good movie is Munich. Okay, but, yeah, that's a good I show. I mean, this this dude though, man, he's he's been around for a long time. Fuck, he wrote, he apparently worked on the Onion Field in like 1979. Good God, that's Onion cool. Field's a not bad show. Let's go, uh, Wolfen uncredited. Uh, well, then there's uh, Forrest Gump, The Postman, The Insider, Ali, Munich. Munich's good. Um, that could be a lot of other factors. Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Extremely mm. Loud and Incredibly Close. Uh-oh. <laughs> a, star, a Star is Born, and then Dune. Mm. Uh, uh, I mean, I think he'll be... It'll be exactly what is expected, and that's probably why they went with him, right? Well, then on the other hand, you got John Spates, uh, whose work includes... The Darkest Hour from 2011, Prometheus, Doctor Strange, Passengers, Tom Cruise, The Mummy. No, speaking of video game movies, uh, Minecraft. Oh, yeah, that's supposed to be a movie, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. You think that's going to come out? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think it's like going to be a cartoon. Like, it's going to be like 3D. Oh, I, I imagine I no I don't know but or maybe like, no actually no this the link actually just took me right to the video game page I just assumed that uh... well because what's his name um, Rob McElhenry, uh from Always Sunny is doing that huh I imagine it's probably gonna be like uh, what the Lego movies are like right like self aware kind of stuff uh, I just okay so I just clicked on the director of it Peter Sollett who directed the Nick and Nora's Infinite playlist. And raising oh, yeah. Victor Varga, um, raising Victor Varga, one well, of my faves. Well, I just want to mention his influences include Francois Truffaut, John Cassavetes, Federico Fellini, Martin Scorsese, and Igmar Bergman. Wow! <laughs> and uh, he's going to bring that to uh, the Minecraft movie. Yeah. Wow. Uh, huge. I think that ain't that just cute. It's huge, Jared. I've never heard of something so spectacular. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Those are my biggest influences. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you describe has uh, done the most to get you where you are right now, Jared? Oh, man. Uh, someone who directed some sad bastard movie really well, probably. Terry's Weigoff. Terry Zweigoff and Todd Salons. Harmony Corinne. Those are my boys. My, tri- and if you had, my trinity. Those are your trinity? And yeah. if you had to say what mine were, what would you pick? <sighs> I don't want to make my own decision. I want you to decide for me. Mel Gibson? Yep. <laughs> mm. Just Mel Gibson, John Carpenter. Yeah, that would work. And Stephen King. Wow, he did it, you guys. Look, we it. put him on the spot. We weren't sure if he was going to pull through, and uh, I mean, I, I made th- it. I feel like, cause yeah, I think John Carpenter really embodies your "who gives a shit" uh, attitude. Your, your oh, how to. Him. Yeah, what is his thing? He's like, I don't. He's like, I don't give a fuck about movies. I just want to play video games. Yeah, there you go. Fuck. Yeah, John Carpenter is a cool dude. Are we gonna get any of his movies next month? No. For me? No. No. God, no. No, I'm. This is this the is op- a, this is the opposite of that. There. Well, maybe in like thirty years, uh, once we've gotten through all the shit, we can actually have a good month for me. Just watch good movies. Is that Just what people, people don't pay? People want to hear about movies they've never heard of. Well, I mean, I think that's what people think the Criterion Collection is, too. And by pay, they mean pay no dollars. Pay no dollars? 
I'm on board with paying zero dollars. But I think uh, people listen to the podcast and watch Criterion movies for the same reason. They're like, well, it's got to be good. I want to watch a good movie. And then you get divorce. Italian style. Hell yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Well, that's it for emails. Um, Sad. I just want to mention that uh, on YouTube we had a guy um, say, get good reviewers for your channel, please. I checked out <laughs> at the fifth minute by that guy's reaction. I'm not sure if... I um, want reaction. Abby here. I don't know if Abby realizes uh, we're not Criterion Channel or whatever, but uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, nobody tell nobody tell them. Get get good reviewers for your channel, please. Which uh, which video was that for? Well, it's one of those movies that seems to attract uh, people. Our review uh, oh, angers cool. them the most. It's one of those which, movies. Oh, okay. You know, I did a bad thing the other day. I was bored, and I don't usually do this, but I did ch- check on some of our most popular v- videos and the comments, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I didn't feel I didn't feel great for about ten minutes, and then I was like, "Well, moving on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. People really don't like me, hey? They don't like anything. These, these they, people. They don't like anything. They just complain. They nope. complain. And see, and now we don't have emails in, and it's just like, man, is anyone listening, Jared? No. Nope. Are you listening? What? I don't know. Yep. Exactly. Oh, hey, RJ. Yeah. <laughs> what you been creeping on? Well, Jared, we're at, we're at a delicate impasse here uh, in terms of where we can go. I, so, I'll go, uh, go on. Okay, well, I do have Star Trek Insurrection. Do it. Do do that for sure. Okay. Because I made and, you. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I bullied so good, you. I bullied you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, before I, I get there, I will just bring up. I, uh, I did, because I'm sure it'll be a movie one day. I read a book, Jarrett. And I know you're going to say you don't know how to read. That's true. But it was acted out for me. It was called The Shining Girls. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. It's about a time-traveling serial killer, Jarrett. Oh, my God. Was it, is it from their perspective, at least? Uh, it was, and from the, the other people's perspective as well. Okay, okay. That sounds too complicated. Every chap- It was, uh, it was um, George R.R. R. Martin style. Every chapter was a different character. A name? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. Did they yeah. also deploy a lot of double negatives? Uh, no, not as frequently, not as frequently, but yeah. And now I'm reading the auctioneer, which I know that you like, so we'll see what happens after that. But, uh, all right. So here's the deal. Um, I watched insurrection Mm -hmm. and, uh, so you, you had brought this up to me yesterday, early, early, yesterday, early, yesterday morning. You're like, when are you going to watch insurrection? And I was like, I don't know whenever I'm supposed to. So I, it appears in terms of chronology just for, cause I know the star Trek enthusiasts out there are going to be a little upset. I'm about a year early where I am in Voyager. No one's, no one's upset. No one cares. But I figure, based on what I was kind of figuring, I was like, well, the insurrection probably filmed while this part of Voyager was going on. So I don't think uh, there will be any, things and anyways voyager it's like well they're like way out on the yeah. other side of space so they shouldn't have any influence but None. it does sound like i need to finish voyager before i watch nemesis so whatever all right so insurrection uh so i threw this son of a bitch on yesterday i wasn't expecting to watch uh, one of the final uh tng movies but it happened so this is uh, again directed by your buddy jonathan frakes and who's the guy who wrote this he's a uh, Michael Piller. So this dude uh, did some DS9. Yep. And uh, he did uh, 
he gets a lot of credits on Voyager. So he did a lot of writing for Voyager as well. Yeah, he he gets like a little segment in the documentary from last yep. week uh, where they're like really sad because he died. If it's the right guy during the documentary or Kurt, like or Kurt, he died like sometime recently. Like, yeah, because he was it sounded like he was a fairly major uh, creative role in gotcha. the show and they couldn't be there for the documentary because he died. And he, so he get they give he they give him a little spot. Uh, gotcha. A focus. That's what that's about. That's what I was like. That's, 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 I think that's the same name. Maybe I'm just yep. saying this. The wrong guy's dead though. So, well, Michael Pillar, Rick Berman is also oh, yeah. attached. To well, this. and he's he's alive and well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this feels very much of the time frame now. Having watched DS9 and I'm um, in like into Voyager, it's like this is very in line with that. It feels like one of those movies more than it does a uh, TNG movie. Yeah, Michael Pillar died in 2005. Uh, oh, okay. Think uh, something. He died of something. That's for sure. Oh, ew. head and neck cancer. Oh, well, I mean, one would be bad, but both. Yeah, not great. Not great, Jared. So, anyways, uh, I feel like this is more of a Voyager movie than a TNG movie. Is how it seems to me. Oh, <laughs> if that makes sense. And uh, in so the wor- this- in the worst ways. <laughs> Uh, kind of like this. It honestly, like while Berman and Pillar were writing this, I on, I think they were so into DS nine Voyager that they couldn't like get back into the TNG thing. Like, cause some of the characters are just, they're very, they be, they're behaving very strangely. And even their dialogue is weird. And like data, it seems like his reset because like in the last movies, he was like, he has emotions and he has like all these other things now. And they're, they're unlocking all these achievements in the data uh, brain. But uh, it feels like they went back. Like maybe they forgot about that because he's still he's a little robotic in this one again. And I was like, did they just forget that they had done these things with data or strange? Um, but uh, other than that, too, like uh, there is a scene in this where it, it's. I feel like Patrick Stewart is visibly uncomfortable because he 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 rips the line uh, gold pressed latinum and he the way he delivers it is so slow that I feel like he I think he was he was vocally against it and then they're like read the line so he's like gold pressed latinum maybe they only got uh, one take on that. I think so. It's very like it stands out to me because I think in TNG, as you like when we've pointed out before, TNG was all like the utopia. And then DS9 was like war is here and Ferengi and profits. And it kind of like they, they they go back. But like Picard was always of the, the utopia world where he was kind of like, we don't need money. And he's like, and I'm bald. Who cares? Uh, so I feel like he it was the way he read the line was weird. But what's this movie about, Jared? So Data goes berserk and kills a bunch of people on a planet. Uh, so they call uh, – he was on like a, a rogue mission. They're like, well, Data can handle it. But he, he just loses it and blows up a bunch of buildings, uh, terrorism style. Uh, so Picard uh, rounds up the crew. And, hey, they just happen to pass Lieutenant Worf. Uh, and uh, Picard even goes, what the hell are you doing here? He says hell, which I thought was strange. Because that's not a word that gets brought up in Star Trek a lot. Uh, so they they bring Worf along for the ride, and they go to this planet, and they find that it's like all these like kind of hippie granola people who are just like no technology, man. We just live, uh, but they're like six hundred years old. But then there's this contingent of really stretched out people led by F. Murray Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like they're 
pursuing youth and they're getting plastic surgery to look youthful. And I feel like this movie thought it was being incredibly clever in uh, its comparisons to society, Jarrett. Of course. You know, the Joker society that we currently live in. I think it uh, I think it was along those lines. So uh, there's um, all the usual stuff. So this movie is both uh, incredibly bland, but also incredibly like goofy to the point where I was just like, I was like, I can't believe this is in a movie that was in the theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this movie earns its reputation is the, I think it's absolutely the worst Star Trek movie. Oh, for sure. Because like, I honestly, I guess I would say like, I never, I don't know if I've fully seen Nemesis and that's, that's not great either. But Insurrection is just like, oh, because people shit on five. But f- no, but f- f- five. I don't know. I like that five. <laughs> five is yeah. Five is good. Or like five is fine. Yeah. And like this thing, it's just like I feel it's kind of my thing. I think the reason this stands out is I honestly think it's just like the guys who made this movie were too far removed from TNG and they couldn't get back into it. And it is super goofy. And it's I think you're right. Like this is definitely the worst one. There's things in there that are just very 90s jokes, which I usually I'm pretty I'm pretty into. But it's just like I was I like when I watched it, I was like, what? Like uh, data they're in the river. And he's like, in case of emergency, I can be used as a flotation device. And then he like lifts up from the water a little bit. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, who put this in here? And then there's a pause, right? Because they're just like, this is going to get a big laugh in the theater. Just uh, let this one play out. All right, boys. <laughs> um it's not all bad like there is some good stuff uh data pets a fish at one point uh jordy laforge j-o-r-d-i he uh he can see now because of the planet's regenerative regenerative uh properties wharf goes through puberty uh picard gets horny in this one which is strange uh he's doing the mambo and dancing uh you get a scene of Jonathan Frakes in a tub with uh, Deanna <sighs> Troy getting shaved. <laughs> he, uh, which I feel like was his. Who's idea. the director? Who's the the director of the exactly. film? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was the director's idea. He was like, "I want to get in a tub with Marina Sirtis, and I uh, I want her to shave my face." <laughs> and then everyone went, "Okay." <laughs> well, you know, he's the director. He's the director. He can't be wrong. Uh, Gates McFadden is is there. Uh, and it's kind of weird again, like, so Patrick Stewart's really after this lady who's on the planet, but I was like, I thought him and like, uh, Bev Crusher, like kind of were on the way of getting to be like a thing near the end of TNG. I I guess not. Like, so I mean, like, I feel like these guys were so far removed from the show that they didn't remember what was going on near the end. Uh, what else happens in this movie? Did I hit everything? I mean, wharf puberty. Yeah, yeah. So Worf goes through puberty, like actually goes through puberty, which is kind of funny. Um, the the big message here is that like technology is banned and you should age gracefully. Uh, technology is bad and that you should age graceful gracefully without plastic surgery. But it's also like a society where like all the resources are given to them and they don't age. So it's like I feel like it doesn't work in the way that you want it to to work here. Um, what else happens in this movie? Like, there's some stuff in here that's, like, just outright so goofy that you, I can't even 
remember. I should have made notes, I guess, but uh, it's a goofy movie, Jarrett. It's it's definitely not good. I'm glad. I'm glad that sanity has uh, prevailed, taken, prevailed, and held its held its ground. Because sometimes I'm like, I'm afraid that Arjun be like, you know, it's not that bad. And I'm like, no, it is. Insurrection's not very good. Uh, having watched the entire everything from zero to not zero from episode one of original series, all of the movies within one year, Jarrett. Yeah. One year, I can I can safely say that this is the worst of the movies. Well, I mean, I mean, that opinion uh, you may think is valid, but uh, as a person who has seen them as they came out in theater, in, with time toward to breathe <laughs> and understanding the context in which it was released, you would actually mm-hmm. understand more appropriately. So, I mean, well, I respect uh, that you're uh, finally making an effort to. Uh, enjoy uh the, the vision of roddenberry uh mm-hmm. i mean just just know that there are uh, others that uh, might be a little bit more informed on the matter is all how many star trek novels have you read rj all 700 <laughs> you, you you wish did you know that there's over 700 star trek novels oh easily how can the... we get into this game? How come you and you and I aren't well, writing Star Trek novels? Why, indeed? I've, I've read some as a kid. And? Uh, well, even in elementary school, they were uh, pretty rough. Cause, even cause, in well, elementary the, school, yeah, they, they were they, pretty rough. Yeah, because uh, they were like a buck each back when. Like you go to like ye old bookshop on the yeah. little rack that moves around, oh, pharmacy racks. They had tons and tons because they were already old at that point. But you, mm. they're all yellowing at that at, at that stage. And I was just grabbing ones with cool covers, and I was like, oh, I gotta mm-hmm. get these, gotta get these ones of Spock, these evocative covers. And I'd be, I guess, like my mom would be like, "Oh, you want Star Trek novels? Cool, you, it's reading. It's like cool, mm-hmm. reading's good." So I was reading a lot of Trek novels, and uh, whoo! So they were good. Were any of them Insurrection good? I, 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 I don't even remember what they were about. Some had Klingons, mm. some didn't. Yeah, it sounds like Star Trek. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, next I mean... gen. I, oh, fuck, I did read some next gen novels too. Well, you t- you call me when you get into those DS9 novels. We'll see what happens. Yeah, some oh, is it Millennium, <laughs> the Millennium trilogy? Yeah, yeah, I, I'd, I'd get into that. No, I would mess with that or the Garrick novel, which uh, would probably be pretty interesting. It's probably the the best. Best, I would say, of like potentially because it's uh, written by the actor, and mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? There's probably a little bit more going on there. And there's something I'm sure the Peter David novels are fine. Uh, maybe. Because yeah. this all goes way back to when uh, Aaron Ling, I think, I brought this up, I think. I was saying, hey, I, was, I looked oh. this up, but because he was saying, is there actually any good Star Trek novels? Because Star Wars novels, there are ones that are like, oh, here's like ones that people regard well, but that doesn't mm-hmm. exist with Star Trek. But that's kind of the thing of Star Trek in general. I mean, working at the, the comic shop for as long as I have, Star Trek is like a distant franchise in terms mm-hmm. of like consumption and production. People look for ships. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, we got model kits, RJ. Really? Anything good? Uh, Enterprise. So which, far, which Enterprise? D? Uh, mm-hmm. not D. This would, I think it's the well, it's the Discovery era. Okay. So B. Enterprise B. I can't fuck with that. C? I haven't. I haven't gotten there yet. B or C? Well, I mean, fuck. B I or C? Yeah. Or is it, or it's is it pre pre Kirk? So it'd be the A. The A. Yeah. Is that the one that uh, Scott Bakula was on? Uh, 
Is that what Enterprise is about? Is he on Enterprise A? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. All I know is it has like it had discovery packaging, but it looks like a, a classic Enterprise model. Okay. Yeah. You can put some LED lights into it. You got any really, uh, Klingon really, Birds of Prey? We can. I actually had a uh, Birds of Prey and uh, and uh, Warbird model kit hmm. when I was a kid. I don't That'd know. What, cool. I don't know what happened to them. I never painted them or anything like that. I just glued them together and felt very accomplished having done that. I would like a uh, and I Turok had a, and I had a Tie Fighter. Tie Fighter. Yeah. See, Star Wars isn't as interesting now because I've seen Insurrection. I've already <laughs> I've already hit the peak, Jarrett. Right. Top of the top. Yeah. It's top as it goes, but yeah, this movie stinks. Sweet. So. Jarrett, we're, uh, do you want to tell me about your TNG rewatching since you're there? Well, I'm halfway through season four, trucking along pretty good. Um, I'm, a, I think I'm, I'm about to come up to Night Terror, which is, the, I think, one of your... Uh, the Nightmare episode? Yeah, the first Nightmare episode. I think that's coming up okay. real soon. I think I, just, very I, I had to get through the episode where Miles O'Brien's a racist. <laughs> Or like not a racist, he's just like against the Cardassians. Yeah, because that's the first appearance of Cardassian, Cardassians, yep. and uh, mm-hmm. Mark Elmo is the first Cardassian, which it's is com- which is which is cool. How and, sexy was the character? Quite, and this that was back when they had the battle gear on their heads. I don't oh, know if you, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. I think it was pretty short lived. But it's interesting because they get kind of introduced, and then you think, oh, we'll never see them again. But they become like pretty important from that point on. And then you went, holy shit, they're here. But it was, yeah, the, there was like, oh, yeah. That like run of episodes from like uh, Best of Both Worlds, one and two, which is followed by Family when uh, mm-hmm. uh, Picard goes back to Earth and uh, fights with his brother and uh, cries in the mud, followed by yeah. Brothers, which is still like one of my all time favorite episodes because I, I love the lore stuff. I think that stuff is rad. Like, even as a kid, I remember. Especially being... his pads. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what. He's wearing in that particular one though. He's wearing it's like the 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 slow aliens that Jordy gets kidnapped by. Oh yeah. We like things. You make mm-hmm. things work. That's who he. That's who Laura hooks up with. And you're like, mm-hmm. huh? Did he kill them all? <laughs> and he just took their clothes and their ship. I mean, the answer is he, probably yes. Well, yeah. I mean, or he could have just enslaved them, I guess, like and gives them as practical things until he needed to like I don't know, kill them. And then that, but now he's gone for a while. Mm. No lore for a while. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen lore in a long time. Sweet. <laughs> dear but, dear brother. I, I'm looking at these headpieces, and it is good that they got rid of those, because I imagine that was probably a nightmare to apply, no. like, prosthetically. And uh, you, you uh, forgot to mention that um, our buddy Gal Dukat, uh, well, he's not Gal Dukat, but uh, whoever Mark Mar- Almar yeah, is playing uh, Another Gal. He's got little, like... yeah. Things coming out of his lip. Little weird things. Little chin strap thing. It's very bizarre. Yeah, weird, weird prosthetic that they did eventually. Very bizarre. Because I think it's not, this is unnecessary. I mean, the, the, at this point too, like the the changes with the Ferengis from being like little berserker feral dudes with electro whips to like what we have as the template for Ferengis. But yeah. there's so, there's so much more menacing in uh, they TNG. Were. Well, they're either like duplicit, like they're way more actively hostile where mm-hmm. it seems like in a very short period of time, like 10 years, they evolve from being like, yeah, because it's like seriously to the goof. 12 years to being like, 
oh, little goofballs running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like at the beginning, they're like threatening to blow up the Enterprise. <laughs> You're like, huh? Or like mind torturing Picard, and mm-hmm. which is the one guy trying to get revenge. But yeah, yeah, there, there's a lot of effort, uh, and you're like, these guys are bad dudes. They are bad dudes, a hundred percent. They are, and I think like, uh, but it's like I said at the end of DS9, like they made Quark uh, his highlight reel was a blooper reel, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, is this all that they have of the Ferengi here, the Ferengi? And uh, I can uh, I can say that I have seen Ferengi and Voyager now, and uh, they have filled the same uh, blooper reel role in hey, this show. Well, is is it the is it the Ferengis who got stuck over in the Delta Quadrant? It is. Oh, it that's is. that's pretty cool. Because I it, wonder because I I just yeah. watched that episode where they go through the wormhole and they get stuck on the other mm-hmm. side, and there's the two of them, and that's it. And you're just like, well, I guess they're fucked. But I guess somebody in the writer room went, hey. There's those two Ferengis. We can bring. I wonder if it's the same actors. It's a. I, I was wondering too. It's really interesting, actually. Like uh, I thought it was a super cool idea that they did it as well. Um, I don't want to play my hand too too much here, Jarrett. But uh, this episode, if you're curious, it is season three, episode five of uh, Voyager is where the Ferengi come back. That's neat. Yeah, so it. Uh, yeah, I thought it. Was, I thought it was cool too. The ones who uh, ripped rip ass through the wormhole, and you thought they were gone forever. This, but the, uh, because they were just scientists too. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, like uh, they don't they don't go too much into uh what they did before. They were kind of just like, yeah, these fuckers uh bailed on the internet, sucked into the wormhole, and now they're here with us. So any uh, any other uh, big. Uh, Big marks on uh, your uh, TNG that you watched. Let's take a look. Oh, the episode where uh, <laughs> Troy loses her powers. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. So, yeah, because oh. Guinan just like, well, get over it then. Well, yeah, and then she's like, no, I can't. I'm like, it's yeah. like, well, you know, there was a guy who like, he like had no use of his legs. She's like, it's not the same. Like she, <laughs> she just comes off such like I don't know. Like a cow, I guess to put it impolitely. She just comes off really badly in that episode. It's like, oh, this is what we're doing with uh, Troy, the developer. That's what. Yeah. It's oh, it's always was with her, and that's like the my biggest thing is like people, uh, people really praise Star Trek for um, its inclusivity, like early on, uh, which is true. Like it, it did have a lot about like, uh, like when. Riker is horny for the androgynous people and like gender isn't a thing and then like racial things they've always been on top of that that's the one I haven't still gotten there yet I don't think yeah. but the uh yeah you'll know when you get there oh. but the one thing they don't do well is they don't write their their female leads like Deanna Troy like she she's just always like Biff. Yeah, and Bev too. It's like they always get played by dudes, or like Deanna Troy is like, I can't do it anymore, and Whoopi's just like, Well, fine, then leave. She's well, like, I'll do your job, and she's like, No, and it's like, Well, then don't complain. It's like, either do your job or get out of here. No, because Whoopi's she was the only strong female character. Whoopi whooping. I think so, at least. Um, Future Imperfect, the episode where uh, Riker thinks he's been puts 15 years in the future has got the awesomeness of him telling people to shut up <laughs> shut up yeah that that that's great and then the second half of that episode is whatever because it's like mm. that it's that, got the derpiest alien makeup yet like it's so bad future imperfect Let yeah me see yeah future imperfect alien look that up it's like the little boy who is like because it, it's it all turns out to be like another like fake out 
Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's like the huge, uh, like the huge eyes, little gray men with like a sweater within a sweater. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah so that's there, so this. Ones. This is a thing that I feel like you didn't bring up enough, uh, up enough enough when you were talking about TNG. The the, aliens? the 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 norm core, the regular people's clothing, the fashion of the next generation. Oh man. I, I don't know. Uh, Hideous. I don't know how much it uh, came up the, for me. The, yeah. the clothing is like it's jaw not dropping. Ideal. It's jaw dropping at times. I've been. Uh, I should have been keeping better track of it because I'm not even talking about like the like the uniforms. I'm talking about mm-hmm. like when normal people show up. A lot of uh, ruffles and sweaters and puffy shirts. Yeah, I think it's like the one where um, uh, James McDowell, James McDowell, James McDowell shows up. Yeah. Um, and his thing, like he's supposed to be wearing like probably what's considered like a very like, uh, you know, professional looking outfit, and it's just so crappy. It's like, man, these people, like whoever designed this stuff, they went to school for this. That's true, Derek. They went to school for that, and you know what? They make more money than you and me at Herwell. They do. Not just money, but fame, Jared, which some people hold above profit. Profit. Fame. Fame. James Not Cromwell is who I was thinking of. Oh, you know, well, shit, he's an alumni, man. Sweet Jesus, James Cromwell comes back a lot. Yeah, but he's definitely, I'm thinking of his episode of uh, Next Gen. Mm-hmm. Not not as um, Cochran. Cochran. Uh, Rooster Cogburn, I think is his name in uh, First Contact. Or Prime Minister Nayrock. <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah, I wish uh, you went. I wish you had a better name. I do too. I wish your name was Prime Minister Mayrock. Nayrock. I wish your name was Prime Minister Mayrock. You know? Oh my God! Why don't they see? This is the one thing of Star Trek that we're missing out on is like they've made action figures of everything in Star Wars. Yeah, um, and see, I I want a I want an original Ferengi with the whip. That's uh, that's I, I, the action figure I want. I, I don't know where mine went. I had it. Well, you you must have fucked it up bad, buddy. What did you just send me here? Oh yeah, that's high fashion, Jarrett. High fashion. He's got a turtleneck underneath, like a suit, a one piece suit. Like <laughs> it's a one, it's literally one piece suit. <laughs> I feel like as much as you make fun, I feel like those are coming back, man. So get if ready only. to see that in real life if pretty on, soon. If only. If only. Uh, what other episodes have there been? Oh, the episode where it's like, it's such a throwback. The Devil's Do, where the woman shows up and she's a con artist, but she's trying to convince him that she's the devil. But she just has a spaceship. And, yeah. it, and it takes them the entire episode to prove it. And they even have like a courtroom scene, a la the original series. Mm-hmm. Don't Isn't that the be- the thing that you love about Trek the most is courtroom scenes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes actually, yeah. Uh, actually, but... the, the one episode that I think held up better than i was expecting was um the one where Riker has kind of gone undercover as a alien that's about to like discover warp drives and uh he gets like injured in a riot that's going on he has sex with one of the aliens does he have sex with one of them it's oh yeah it's implied right off camera off camera sexing up but she wanted it so horny she no 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 she wanted it he wasn't like he was gonna be like too ah he didn't say no but she yeah, was exactly. she she pressed the issue. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, that episode's actually not too bad because uh, there's some good good chats with uh, Picard mm-hmm. talking to world leaders about just how, why don't you just give us some technology? <laughs> God, I mean, it's a it is a good point. It's like, oh, come on, you have all this stuff. Just like let us have one. Oh, fuck man, I did watch a lot of episodes the other night because I watched. Yeah, da- you've been ripping through Data's Day, The Wounded, Devils Do, Clues. It's just that easy, dude. Uh, First Contact, Galaxy's Child I haven't gotten to. Oh, that's the one where the um, holodeck girlfriend of uh, Jordy actually shows up. Oh, uh, yeah. The uh, (laughs) Jordy's holographic girlfriend. That's a good one. But the the real one. The real one, yeah. That is a good one. And she's different than the one he met. Aw. Yeah, episode... Yeah, oh, fuck. Yeah, the... the, the... (laughs) when Deanna Troy loses her mojo, uh, the loss that aired. Wow. They, was that accurate on just like on new year's Eve? They were like, yeah, well, <laughs> like it was, yeah. New year's Eve, 1990 right, this is what people want. New year's Eve, 1990. Wow. Terrific. Jared. That's just ringing in the new year with, uh, one of the worst episodes. Well, definitely one of the weaker ones in like uh, the fourth season up to that point. Yeah, or yeah, or the one, or the one of uh, Tasha Yar's sister. Oh, they're in. They keep bringing her back too. Like she, it's cool when she comes back as a Romulan, but uh, they bring oh, Tasha Yar. Uh, did, yeah, but or, uh, they, Denise they bring Crosby, Tasha yeah. Yar's family a lot, and it's just like nobody cares. Nobody cared when she was on the show. And rape gangs. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the first mention of rape gangs in oh, uh, Star Trek. Yeah, ever and then never again. It's only well, actually it's only in reference until oh. Voyager. Oh god damn it! <laughs> I uh, they don't use the word gang, but they do say. Fuck. Uh, well, I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's it. TNG's uh, very enjoyable, and uh, RJ, <clears throat> I have a uh, my next project that'll happen. I guess after uh, mm-hmm. May. Uh huh. Uh, which will take the form of, uh, or actually maybe it'll run con- concurrently, because I don't really know if there's that many Fred Olin May movies to watch. Ultimately, compared to Corman, I think it's like. Well, if you can, if you can track down the porno, there will be a lot to watch. Well, yeah, I mean that goes without say. But how much of a porno does one need to really see? Well, I mean, you're either going to do this right, or you're not going to do it at all. Well, if you, do, if you, you know what I mean. If you're doing it right, you never finish these. You never finish them. That's I've told you... Andrea that there's going to be a constant stream of pornography playing for the month of May. She's ready. Which is different than every other month of the year. Well, usually it's a little bit higher class. Yeah. Cla- keeping it classy. Classy. Um, but I've but got, yeah, ba- yeah uh, I have Babylon 5, the complete oh. series. <laughs> and so where does that fit in the Star Trek chronology? Uh, it would have run by completely through, like, probably the tail end of TNG all through deep space nine okay but i mean in terms of plot wise where does plot? it fit into the not in sure terms yet of plot? well I, I think babylon 5 is a station as well so it's a ds9 ish yeah okay okay so you're gonna watch babylon 5 and you'll have to report back on it whether or not i can watch it <sighs> or if i should and then uh we'll have we'll have the battlestar galactica conversation so you, so you want to hear it so uh Babylon 5 is a series that follows the human military staff and alien diplomats stationed on a space station. 
I mean, that sounds pretty DS9-y. Yeah. Uh, built in the aftermath of several major interspecies wars as a neutral ground for galactic diplomacy and trade. Okay. That I mean, sounds okay. No. And uh, fine. the human characters in particular become pivotal to the resistance against Earth's descent into totalitarianism. Uh, yeah. So Cardassia, Deep Space Nine? Well, like even in the, a sense, maybe the direction that the Federation was going in, we, we we saw bits and bobs of taking blood samples from citizens. Ridiculous. Yep. Ridiculous, Jerry. What about our freedoms? What about your freedoms? What about them? All right. Well, yeah, you'll have to report back on if it's uh, worth it. Because if it's not, I guess I'll just have to continue on to Enterprise, the black sheep of the uh, Star no. Trek family. Or or uh, do what you're messaging me about and. Uh... Do do that BSG. I might I might take a break after Voyager. And I think it, I think the time would probably help, and then I'll come back to uh, the other ones. Well, because when did when did Enterprise start? Two thousand two or two thousand okay. something like that. Yeah, because like Voyager goes from uh, ninety five to two thousand one, and then yeah, Enterprise it it didn't start while Voyager was still on, like all, all the other ones have. It started a year after. So 2002, I think, or so. But, hey, you want to hear about Star Trek Voyager? Absolutely. Well, so I kind of said earlier, but I am on season three of Voyager. <laughs> um, and it's not because I'm a complete animal. Uh, mostly it's because, as I've mentioned, I'm quarantined at home i'm still working but uh not as much because uh we actually had a week of holidays at work so the timing just kind of worked uh and then also uh i'm not hanging around andrea too much just uh, to be safe yeah so uh i'm just alone in the basement i got nothing but time my man (laughs) nothing but time great so uh i could talk about just maybe we'll we'll try to do season one and maybe we'll just stop there We'll we'll see we'll see time wise. Yeah, season one's only fifteen episodes. Yeah, we can uh, and uh, I, I will say that my time talking about each episode will not be as lengthy as the DS Nine episodes. It'll so. be like the TNG days. It'll be the TNG, TNG days. So my uh, my main takeaways now three seasons in. I'm pretty takeaways pretty like a caretaker. Ah, the fucking caretaker. Okay, so my main my main points uh, that I I guess I could just say this up front having seen a bunch of tng or voyager now or maybe i'll just wait i don't know i don't know I, I i feel like i know the characters pretty well there are some bad characters and there are some characters that are okay so how much of this did you actually watch i watched just the random the fir- ones no, I, watched, I watched the first six episodes of voyager recently and i've seen like probably the first three years of voyager but that was when they aired in you know 95 through 98 Okay. Okay. All right. So good to know. So I think uh, um, the first thing that comes up is like, uh, I'm in, I'm kind of in shell shock from a DS nine going back to this ship. That's like, I, I wouldn't say more playful, but it definitely seems like a lot lower stakes, uh, than DS nine. So it's definitely like I got dropped down a peg going into Voyager out of DS nine. And I think that the characters aren't as 
recognizable as like the TNG characters, obviously, because of how big popular that series was. But uh, yeah, so you're at you're at a disadvantage going into this, I think, which is one of the one of the big things about it. Um, you mean there wasn't a lot of like Starbleck Voyager cracked magazine parodies as opposed to TNG? I, I mean, it, it it seems like people are pretty favorable about Voyager, but this might, I think that. Are uh, they? Maybe it it's just seems me. like it. Maybe it's just me. I'm the outlier. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Jared, season one of Voyager is pants. Um, <laughs> this is a hard, like, if I had to write the entire season, it'd be like a low two. Oof. At best. Yeah. So I I made my own episode ratings, but uh, I, I see that IMDb did that pesky thing where they put uh, the first two episodes together as episode one. So my my episode uh, numbers are different than IMDb's. Okay. Which one should I go with? Mine or yours. IMDb's? Go with yours. Okay. So, uh, okay. So Voyager. So the way... Th- we have uh, Caretaker, so we have 101 and 102. It's yep. a two-parter. Yep. 101, uh, Children of the Space Corn, two out of four stars. Mm-hmm. 102, oh, fuck, Neelix and Kess, two out of four stars. So <laughs> this two-part opener is a, a solid two out of four. So we have our Voyager ship, uh, their uh, Federation ship, they're kind of working with uh like trailing this maquis ship uh they go through a wormhole together they end up on a different end of the galaxy the delta quadrant jarrett what which, uh, a fourth a fourth quadrant a fourth quadrant that you they know, have not been able to reach yet as a as a as a kid i had a tv guide uh, star trek mm-hmm. special they did and inside of it it had a pullout map that had the four quadrants Mm-hmm. On a giant fold-out thing, it's pretty cool. She's asking, so pretty, the, pretty cool. Are the quadrants linear, or is it like a four square? Four square. So, but so the Delta Quadrant shouldn't be that far to reach then, because like their big thing is that they haven't gotten into the Delta Quadrant yet. But if it's a four square, even if they were the first square, if they were the opposing square, it shouldn't have been that. F- Never mind. Never mind. Because is... I don't think you can just cut across, right? Because yeah, of, that's the big thing is like you can never just go straight. You have to like go around. You have things. to go around it. Yeah, depending yeah. on what. I mean, it's also assuming that it's like when we have it on a map. It's like well, it's not two dimensional. Like it has height <laughs> as well. It can be going up, 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 and mm-hmm. r- rather than just like it just goes outward. Okay. Yeah, that may. Yeah. That, which is which is a, a very weird thing when you think about it, and you shouldn't when you're watching Star Trek because it really doesn't make any fucking sense when fleets are like facing off against one another and they're yeah. just in a weird band around a planet. Yeah. Like you, they'd actually be like those like when they have the fucking mines. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, they'd be all around all over the planet. Yeah, they'd be evenly dis- evenly dispersed, yeah. and then they would like probably collapse in and hone in on wherever the. Uh, phalanx was coming toward but in star trek it's like well that's a pain in the ass to like mm-hmm. animate we have no money so we're just going to like treat it as like pew 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 like they're just coming at each other all the time even though it's like yeah there's multiple dimensions of approach but, but, you, but you never see that pew 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 uh yeah yeah that's <laughs> i was gonna not, say can you I, explain again uh, yeah yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. They, I mean, there were some instances where you get to see them go like ups and downs, but uh, not as much as there should be. You never leave the frame of like the battles, and that's like a thing with like all of, like you know DS9. Well, that's a John Ford thing. 
Well, it's Star Wars. I mean, that's like Star Wars define define this. And it's like, well, how else do you depict this? And then, like, when people need to travel place to place, you're like, well, you could come at it from all sorts of different angles. And so sometimes you're like, well, what the hell is Wesley Crusher and Data doing when they're like piloting? Mm-hmm. And sure, we could do this way. This is not the shortest route. Oh fuck! There's that episode where they meet the uh, like the '80s hair metal guys. In, oh yeah, the next generation. If you remember that yeah. one, and there's like the mm-hmm. big the big fat guy. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, that that was not a great episode, <laughs> but it was. But you're talking about it. Yeah, in the bad way. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, but, no bad. Well, things. so with carrot. So anyway, yeah, they're in the Delta Quadrant because Tuvok is undercover. Do you remember Tuvok? From- uh, yeah, I, I remember him in DS Nine. Uh, he he was in the Mirror Universe as one of the uh, the Mach. He's also in, he's Machi in this. As he's well. also in one of the movies. Tuvok is? Yeah. By character name or yeah. by the actual actor? Uh, it's actually him. Or both. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's in one of the movies. Well, so like... Because before Voyager came, like, they kind of said, hey, yeah. let's let's Tuvok it up. Well, see, that makes sense, actually, because I just watched the episode with uh, Sulu, uh, and it's it's original series, and tu- Tuvok is on the ship that Sulu was captain of. So was it that one? That would be yeah. nice. Yeah, like... because, yeah, he's back in, uh, like, I'm talking... Uh, what episode? Where's his first appearance here? Yeah, there he is, young Tuvok, and he's wearing like the uh, original series movies era stuff. Ooh, mm. ooh, there's some uh, Tuvok as teenager action you get to look forward to. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, there he is with Sulu, and what was the? Oh, come on, yeah, the undis- yeah, undiscovered country. Yeah, see, and see, that's like another season three has, I think, uh, the yeah. Ferengi TNG episode, and then it has the Sulu episode, which is really cool because it's uh, you're seeing that side of what the Undiscovered Country movie was doing, where like Sulu's ship comes in in that movie, Tuvok's just on that ship, which uh, I was like, that's pretty neat. They should, uh, I, I like that they don't do it too much. Uh, so I was like, this is a nice little treat for me, and it's not something that's overdone at this point. Which was nice. Nice little treat, Jared. But yeah, I, I figure for uh, these first two episodes, we can talk about the characters and the setup. So yeah, so Tuvok is undercover on the Maquis ship, mm-hmm. uh, which is being captain, uh, captained by Chakotay. Jared. That's right. Mr. Chakotay, who is, in fact, an indigenous person, but yes. uh, the, the lead person for the show who was the... Uh, consultant or counselor for the indigenous cool. like inclusion was not so okay. problematic. So I'm looking at this like yeah, I was like thinking I was like in my mind I'm like there's no way he's in undiscovered country. Is that but movie he, was like he, but he was but he, yeah that like that doesn't make any sense because I was like yeah 91. I'm like he would oh. he been too young for that. But he is Enterprise B bridge officer in Star Trek Generations. Oh, okay. And I, and I think that there's some people who said, oh, well, he must be, it's Tuvok, even though he's not credited as that. But, I mean, he is Tuvok. So if I had seen him with the years, I'd be like, it's Tuvok, man. Yeah. I mean, I even recognized him in DS9 when he popped up. Uh, like, because I was like, oh, I, I recognize him. I think he's in Voyager. And in TNG, they drop a Janeway somewhere. Uh, you never see her, but they talk about Ensign Janeway or something like that. Uh, yeah. So there's their connections. So yeah, uh, Kuv- uh, Kuvok, Tuvok is uh, Tuv- he's Tuv- actually Voyager's first uh, officer. Okay. Um, well, according to under- according to Reddit, there's no connection. The character he played in Generations was human, 
whereas Tuvok no. is Vulcan. Check the ears. However, the fact that he appeared in Generations could have been the seed for the episode flashback where we see the actual Tuvok as an ensign on the Excelsior. Yeah. See, that's the episode I just watched, which is in season three. Okay. There we go. It all, we all, it's all solved now. It all now. makes sense. Did you figure that out on Memory Alpha? Uh, I was using Memory Alpha, but it, it's 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 little it's written a little too encyclopedic. Like I, that's oh, not what I'm, yeah. I want. Tri- I want trivia. I don't want. I don't want it to be like. I don't want the facts of if I was a Star Trek person. Right. Yeah. I know. That's uh. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Fig- figuring it out. Being wrong. Being wrong. So uh. What do we got here? Uh, we got the Maquis and the Federation ship, and they get sucked through. Yeah, they get sucked through a hole. And then the Maquis ship is uh, irreparably... What's the word? Uh, irreparably damaged. damaged. Yeah, it cannot be fixed. So Janeway uh, of Voyager is like, all right, Maquis, we'll bring you on our ship. But this is our ship. You're going to play by our rules. Uh, and then they're trying to figure out where they are, what's going on. They find this old man called the caretaker, and he is leading uh, the children of the corn. Yeah, it's a bunch. Of, it's a farm community on a. It's a like, farm community on a crazy looking uh, satellite station, but that yep. is not really one. And it feels like old Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a lot of mm, in this one where it's like, but is it or isn't it? And then there's energy blasts going to a desert planet. There's some energy blasts. There's desert planets. Uh, oh. Who's playing a banjo. Yeah, and you get uh, what, Ensign Kim and... Uh, Ooh, Harry Kim. Harry? Harry Kim. Yeah, so on Voyager, we have uh, Ensign Harry Kim, uh, played by Garrett Wang. And uh, I imagine he seems, by all accounts, he seems like a very nice person he's, in he's, he's, he's been in Creepsville, apparently. Once or twice he's been here uh, for money hey fuck man like you know i'm pretty sure like yeah if you're a trex guy you you better like for whatever money you get to show up these guys will like love you no matter what you're like yeah cool i'm getting deal with some annoying bastards i was watching some youtube video of uh i think it was like frake spiner and um (laughs) god damn it wharf uh michael doran uh they showed up and michael doran just seems like just so chill he's so calm Mm -hmm. Brent Spiner is exactly what you kind of expect. He's kind of a dick ham. Yeah, and uh, he's high high octane. Well, uh, he but he's also but he's he's a, he's a turtleneck guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And uh, Frakes, Frakes though is just this like <laughs> gregarious Orson Welles figure shambling around. Uh, but so they came out on stage, and then like Frakes just starts like wandering around, and people are like, oh man, he's like drunk, he's drunk. But then he like goes into the crowd, and he starts just like asking all the questions they always get asked as a member of the crowd, and he just keeps going. Beautiful. It's pretty fucking funny because like he's just like, hey, hey, what, what was the plan for Shrek? What, 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 what happened with Nemesis? Why did that movie under? Oh, it's like him just like asking every question they always get asked. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very like passive aggressive. Um, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's vintage Riker. Yeah, that's that's a Riker play. That's a Riker play. Well, I love that. Because well, he kept like he wouldn't sit down. He kept walking. Like, oh, is he because he's sick? Like he, his stomach's not feeling well. He just wants to sit on that uncomfortable stool. He's a big mm-hmm. man. And uh, he but, is a big man. But it's like depending on what portion of the uh, the, the shtick they were doing, um, he was standing and sitting. So and or leaning. 
I gotcha. I mean, that sounds cool. And I think I've mentioned before, uh, the 25th uh, TNG anniversary was here, and I, Ryan Nagel, friend of the show, and myself were at that uh, convention, but we did not see a whole bunch of the Star Trek stuff, which is unfortunate. I wasn't ready yet. You weren't ready. I weren't. I wasn't ready. Now you gotta wait till the fiftieth. Uh, well, who will be around in fifty years? Just will we? Wesley Crusher. Yeah, that's it. He's gonna be. It'll be him and Cass, and it'll be the worst convention you've ever been to. But anyways, Garrett Wang seems like a nice guy, and it's like, yeah, by all. If I was in his position, I'd, I'd go touring around and be like, I'm Ensign Harry Kim. You guys don't remember me? Yeah. That's... I have a lot to say about Harry Kim when we get there. Okay. Uh, then we have uh, the pilot, uh, Tom Paris, <laughs> which is one of the – I, I got to tell you, Tom Paris is one of the worst characters that I have seen in Star Trek. Yeah. Him I, and Kess. I, I, knew, I knew you'd hate Tom Paris. Like... He sucks so much. Like, he is objectively bad in this show and the, the way they play him off like i think he's supposed to be a mix between like kirk and Riker, and it's just like it's not believable it's like this guy doesn't pull he he doesn't have the charisma to pull this off and like that's i think that's the biggest problem with the show is that none of these actors like really none of them take over like the scene when they're in there so it's like they're just not believable but yeah tom paris sucks uh, I think. Uh, well, I will always now remember when uh, Patrick Stewart calls Barkley broccoli, and when he ca- uh-huh. when he realizes what he said and his like hiding, like trying to mask his utter horror mm-hmm. and embarrassment is like so amazing. It's like because you just see him like his like almost swallowing back the vomit mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and no sell it. Oh, that it's like yeah, it's why uh, Patrick Stewart is. Uh, he made, he made the show. He took it so seriously. He did. He was so serious about it, and it and it was believable, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Tom Paris, he sucks a lot. Uh, <laughs> and then the only and so I'll get to the Maquis ship in a second. The only the last member of Voyager is the Doctor, played by Robert Picardo, who is the shining star of Star Trek Voyager, I believe. I I, I figured that would work out yeah. to be the way. He he does he gets there. He's not there right away at first, especially because and like they're aware of it too. Like the uh, what is it, like Phil Zimmerman or whatever the character was in DS Nine who created the hologram. Yeah. That guy's a dick. Uh, but uh, their big thing here is just like he's like, well, I'm the program. He's like, I'm not actually that guy. He's like, I was just created by that guy, and then he becomes his own sentient being. So the. That's a that makes up Voyager, and then the Maquis ship is Chicote, uh, who is from actually, and this is another kind of callback to I think TNG and DS9. There's that like, and I'm gonna use air quotes that you can't see, but in in uh, the TNG DS9 they call it like the Native American planet, but they use the uh, the big I word in there, mm-hmm. um, and it's like the colony that left Earth and made a new planet. He's from that planet, so like that's that's the connection that's supposed to be there which is cool that uh they like like i i do like the way star trek brings back these <laughs> i like that even in the episodes. 24th century even starfleet's like yeah we're not giving that land back <laughs> <laughs> they're like no go get your own planet <laughs> yeah you'll go get a planet elsewhere <laughs> they're like we need america right san francisco san francisco for, for the federation 
headquarters. Captain Kirk needs to drive and listen to Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, I think that's pretty funny. Uh, Chakotay is good too. Like I, so far, um, he's one of the more tolerable characters. Where his big like Chakotay's thing is he always just does what he feels is right, but it's never he doesn't go against yeah. the grain too much. It just he's turns just out that guy. it just turns out the things that he wants are uh, yep. for the best. <laughs> You're like that. Yep. But so the one thing I've I was kind of skimming through. Uh, so years ago, uh, AV Club, uh, one of their writers was going through Next Gen, and I was kind of just wonder. I've been kind of like checking out the reviews every once in a while. And mm-hmm. the one thing that they point out, like cause there's that one episode I think I mentioned to you either last week on the air or off the air. Um, where like it's data it's like the pen pals episode where data has to go like and like the one thing he points out in that review because I thought that episode was actually pretty good uh, on the whole and but the guy in the review mentions like the show has no conflict like everybody gets along and Mm -hmm. he says like that's kind of a weird thing for a TV show to have like everyone just like everyone likes each other you know everyone's (laughs) like on the same page ultimately Um, and there's like that amazing moment uh, where it's the episode where I think it's even maybe even the same episode where Wesley is given command of his own team. And, oh, yeah. and he's when yeah. he's complaining about um, like, I don't know if I'm making the right decision. Uh, I, I thought that they mm-hmm. should do this thing. But then he said that he shouldn't. But, then, but I don't know. I feel mm-hmm. really bad about that. And Rector's like, well, and he points, like, he illustrates how like, you know, when Captain Picard makes a decision. No matter what, everyone he listens to everybody. He makes a decision. He deliberates, and he says, "This is what we're doing." And everyone goes, "Yep." And it's yep. true. Like you watch it in the whole show, and you're like, "Oh, that's like kind of a a nice piece of uh, consistency." It, mm-hmm. and, they, and they really don't go back on it, ever, except for like if Picard's acting you know peculiar because he's been replaced, or mm-hmm. Worf is like, "Captain, it's not mm-hmm. secure." So we got to <laughs> blow the shit out of that place, and then it's like, "What's on a detail?" <laughs> Let me let me get my ass kicked. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, let me go in there and get thrown around because I don't know how to fight. He's <laughs> getting beat up, beat up on. Watch as my he... watch as my girl, this the, the wife of my, yeah, the the mother of my child is get murdered, murdered hor- horrifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even, even though know, though it's like, come on, she was like uh, a pretty. Uh, good fighter like she was fighting skull face guy she was going yeah. beat for beat with Worf, but she got the drop on her and like the other guys didn't get scuffed up at all bullshit mm-hmm. it is bullshit but what are you gonna do and that's actually so I, I like that you brought that up about picard that is that's my main criticism criticism about janeway so like i've heard a lot of people talk about janeway and she is the rehab uh captain which uh my my big take three seasons in now is that voyager is about rehabilitation that's what this show is all about. And that's why the, like, and I, I have a few examples for that. But uh, Janeway is, she's firm, but she bends or she breaks to other people's comments so easily that it is, like, it's frustrating. Because she'll be like, this is what we're going to do. And then one person, and it's always a different person. It'll be Tom Paris or Torres uh, or Chakotay or Tuvok will be like, uh, Tuvok will be like, Captain. Have you considered maybe this? And then Janeway will be like, I'm not going against my thing, but let's do what you said instead. <laughs> and then she like she she flip flops so so easily. Aww, she's... E- every episode she flip flops. She's She'll a real like, she's a real John Kerry. She, oh man, she it's so frustrating. 
I, I mean, it could be John Kerry. I don't know. <laughs> but she like, because uh... they play her off as this like strong like uh, like leader. But then she she every single time someone she'll be like, this is what we're doing because it makes the most sense. Uh, it's like no one will lose one person, but we'll save the ship. And then someone will be like, but I like that guy. He's my best friend. And she'll be like fuck it, we're going after this one guy. We're going to risk it all. And they're just like, okay. Um, if it happened once or twice, I, I probably wouldn't care that much, but it happens so much that it, it, it has started to bother me, where it's just like Janeway bends way too easily. So um, where the alternative is Tuvok, who uh, doesn't bend to anything. Cause he's he is a, he's a, he's a super dick. Yeah, he's he is a hard ass in this thing, uh, and uh, sometimes it's very needed, and then sometimes it, it's the kind of like he comes off as like the uh, stickler, like the he's the total stickler. I mean, because he's like, I mean, he's sort he's of like, like the snitch in the classroom. Yeah, he's like you know the data Spock as far yeah. as like the 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 cornerstone. But instead of being instead of being the science officer, he's the security guy. So he's a he's the cop. Yeah, he's he's the total like space cop. And um, I don't know, Tuvok. Yeah, he he's he's not bad because he's got the Vulcan like deadpan stuff, which it which, which works. But then uh, there's sometimes where you're just like, nerd. You're like, shut up. Let's just do the thing. Oh, and there's so, so who's the other member of the Maquis? Uh, Torres, who yep. is the Klingon, half Klingon, half uh, human, uh, and she is the chief of engineering, and she's pretty good too. She has her bumps at first. Uh, but she is pretty good. Then there is a an assortment of other Maquis characters who either come and then go, like yeah. Seska, uh, <laughs> who comes and then goes. Uh, and then there's a few other that pop up. But those yeah. are those are the main cast. And then once they get to this Alpha, uh, Delta Quadrant, then they pick up the two other main <laughs> cast members. The, the, where the money is. Uh, and this is a Neelix the, the, husband and, and hu- Husband and wife. Husband and wife. So I'm going to say something that... Uh, I'll probably get heat for Neelix isn't as bad as people made him out to be. I I think there's just something about but Cass, Cass him, stinks. Neelix and Cass together is no good. In, no, in, no in, good. In the six episodes I watch, it's like she is so bad. Like She's her, just her deliver. Her voice doesn't matter. Like her, her voice is so like deep and commanding. And I'm like, you look over. You're like, She's like a elf pixie. Like this bet with this dumb bad wig on her head. She is like a she is like a black hole that sucks in like anything good. Uh, so she just like, I don't know. It's really weird. Like uh, I don't know if it's the acting or the character or a mix of both. But it's just like whenever Kess is on board, I usually just drift away. I'm or like on screen. I'm like. Ugh. It's like, is there something else going on? Uh, and then Neelix, like Neelix is most annoying when he's talking about Kess and like going after her. And just in general, like when, when I said Neelix wasn't that bad, I just mean he's not as bad as I thought he was going to be. He's not great either. Yeah. Neelix has some pretty annoying shit. Yeah. But he, the guy he, who plays Neelix he looks, is a good actor. He looks stupid. <laughs> he looks really dumb. Yeah. Like they should have. I think Star Trek got to a point where it's just like, I know that your, your prosthetics are getting better, but it's like sometimes less is more. And that's where like the Dax makeup was super, like was, was actually really good. It's like that probably didn't take too long to apply. And, uh, it's still showing that she's different, but, uh, Neelux is his, his makeup is too much, but whatever. So those are, those are our characters, our principal characters. 
And so in episode one and two, I just want to point out you've you've probably talked more in this like last hour uh, about Star Trek than you do on any of our Criterion reviews. Probably, (laughs) but this is what people want, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. See, look, I just gave an. I just gave a. What? (laughs) I just this headline just popped up on my feed. Uh, Liberal MP issues apology after appearing naked in virtual House of Commons. (laughs) My video was accidentally turned on as I was changing into my work clothes after going for a jog. I sincerely apologize to my colleagues in the House of Commons for this unintentional distraction. Yeah, it sounds like a Riker move. Uh, oh, whoops. Did, was I uh, naked? Did I, as he sits, as he sits down, Riker style? Oh, excuse me, I didn't realize. My bad. Wow. And yeah, I, I realize that. But anyways, this is what people want, right? They, they want it. Yeah. So, uh, do you want me to fly through some episodes now? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, so I'll... now, because we got all the we got the groundwork done. They're yeah. on the other side of the the uh, planet. Oh, the, you, the you... only last thing to know is that caretaker dies. He's old, so they he can't send them back, and he didn't want to anyways. So uh, the Voyager uh, absorbs oh, yeah. the Maquis people, mm-hmm. and then their agreement is we'll bring you into part of the crew, but we all have to work yeah. together. And, oh, wait, and we had some alien abduction uh, homage with a. Uh wang and uh uh so one of the biggest themes of star trek voyager is that garrett wang gets kidnapped it happens a lot jared a lot yeah so there's some abductions (laughs) that's his his style that's his style we got the like i said the children of the space corn um so neelix is brought on as the uh the guide for the quadrant because uh, no one else knows anything about it, but he does because he's been around. So he has at least a useful role, except sometimes he's been, he get, he is given power on Voyager, which I find confusing. It's like, how come Neelix outranks anybody? He shouldn't. Uh, but the compromise they have is that Chakotay will be the first officer as he was the captain of the Maquis ship. Uh, and then they will kind of integrate Maquis people into the regular upkeep of the ship. They are all Federation people now, basically. But like Chicote and Torres, they were in Starfleet and then they they left to join Maquis because they just didn't like they didn't like the Cardassians. So there's like roots there, kind of. You know what I mean, Jared? I hear you. So you watched a couple of these episodes. I did. So I have a 1.03. Oh boy, will they ever get along? Two out of four stars. They only, hey, and this is a one and done. Because one and done. Apparently, Rick Berman said, "I don't want any of that inner crew shit. Fuck yeah. it." Which I think was the right call, even though it it does come back just with no. individual characters. Well, because that was I think that's a uh, that's a Ronald Moore specialty that's coming when you're watching that Battlestar Galactica, RJ. Oh, every, about everybody, every, every, everybody fucking hates it, each each other on that show. Oh. Well, we'll see. But, like, I think when you're doing Voyager, it's like, yeah, you just have to get over it, guys. Just get over it. Yeah. I think you – in which I think they do. So uh, the third episode, there's an issue that they all have to work together to uh, get over. And they don't they don't totally trust each other, but they're learning, right, Jared? <laughs> wow. I don't, I, I don't remember anything about it other than – That's all I remember the, at the, this point. The theme of Voyager is is, is, this, is, is this a way home? That's the the biggest theme here is is no, this going to send us home faster? No, no, it won't. And then no, it won't. And then <laughs> let's re- rehabilitate. It's it comes up a lot. It comes up a lot. 
So, yeah, I don't even remember what the rest of that episode was about. So let's keep rolling. Okay. Uh, 104, Planet of the Week shoots a kid. Two out of four stars. Oh, how, how do you not talk about the Kazon aliens? And they're, and they're like, cr- I cr- crust their crusty head. I don't even know what I you call it. Is it their hair? They so, suck. They it, suck. They are so bad. It's their hair. So it's, it's like, well, is it hair like, or is it it's like skull? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it looks like hair. It looks like kind of dreadlocks that are like poofed cr- straight cr- up. And, cr- and crusty. And crusty. Yeah. Uh, the Kazon are so dumb and so like one of the things about voyager is that it's they're on their own so like the kazon are like a really primitive race they don't have a ton of stuff but since voyager's on their own it's always like but they have ships they have ships and it's always like an army against one uh, like voyager and the kazon empire but the thing that like really throws me off is the kazon are played off like as like super dumb it's like how do they even have space travel then how do they have ships like you know they're like barbarian people which i guess it's like they're like klingons but like earlier in klingon development but like one of the issues is always like the kazon are like we want your technology and then well they want the replicators they want replicators yeah but they don't have like anything else and like the way that they act and stuff it's like how do they have spaceships it's like it seems like they're cave people yeah like do you know what i mean it's like yeah if they have spaceships already it's like wouldn't they have like well, it's replicators are. Remember, have... replicators didn't show up in like original series at all. No, like, that, that was a like. TNG well, that's thing. That, that's a TNG thing. Where like in the first few episodes, they're really showcasing they have replicators. They're like, hey, we can like have a shot of this thing blank, and then we'll put something down, and then we'll put a, a little transporter filter over top of it. Like, isn't <laughs> isn't this groundbreaking? <laughs> it, it was, and it still no, is. It still is. Still is. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, I think the Kazon suck. And like I real like, I realize the thing for Voyager is just it's like well they're they're advanced but they're on their own away. But I, one of the biggest issues I have frequently up to this point it's just like, it's like they should be able to get out of any situation. They should be faster and stronger than any of these guys, but they're not. But something always will be happening on the ship. We're like, oh, we have to power down because the warp drive yep. needs to cool off. Oh no, it's the Kazons. <laughs> Exactly. They, they they just happen to be there. What a what a dilly of a pickle. Exactly, and I think it sucks. Is the next episode the body harvesters? Yep. Nice. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was a plan. Uh, episode four was a planet of the week one. They shoot a kid in it. You don't really care. Time loops. Yeah, time loops, and then you're like, okay, let's keep rolling. Uh, one oh five, Space Einstein. Uh. Or in quotations, his lungs have been removed. (laughs) So this is a this is a high two. It's still a two because I don't think it's great. This is the phage, and this is uh, where you get introduced to one of the antagonists of the show, which is the uh, the organ harvesters. Yeah, which are actually pretty cool. It's really yeah. I I think because when I got to this episode, I went, these guys come back, don't they? Yeah, that's what I thought. I guess I was like, oh, this seems like yeah, that seems like a familiar concept. They're kind of like they're honestly they're kind of like the Borg. They're just not like uh, androids, like appearance wise a little bit. It's just like what if the Borg were started slapping flesh over all of their like uh, all of their uh, like robotic parts. So they're they're actually pretty cool, and they do come back. I think I've seen them three, four times maybe. They are uh, they're Dees, and they steal Neelix's lungs, yeah, they, which because uh, they can use like because cool. they have like like really specialized transporters. They can just like get your guts and get organs out of uh areas yeah i thought that was um 
I thought it was cool. And then there's an episode where they need their help and they're, they're trying to get help from them. But those people are like, we, we need organs. <laughs> so, uh, I can't, what are they called? A vid, vidins? Yeah. Vidins. Yeah. I like the vid. Uh, and, 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 the, and, the, and the phage is the disease. Yeah. The phage, the phage is the disease. And it come that comes back a few times too, because it's like someone else has the phage yeah. and like, we got to get over the phage. So it's not a bad, it's not a bad episode, but, uh, it's the best one so far. Yeah. Uh, 106, Janeway risks it all for some beans, two out of four stars. So <laughs> I Jane, don't remember this episode. Janeway what? wants yeah. coffee. Oh, uh, yeah. Felix's other role is chef. Yeah. Right? He's, because, the, he's the cook. Because, and like their big thing, which makes sense to me, they're like, we need to ration oh, our resources because we won't make it home. Do, do you remember when they first introduced Neelix? He's like this, like, grifter rogue trader scumbag ravage like salvaging ships and now he's the chef now he's just like a goofy oh, hey guys yeah, I, i'm gonna talk about how good this thing is but it's really gross and you're gonna drink it and make a face <laughs> i got some folksy advice for you because so the, the, re- the, the reason why he's being drug along is because he is like he's the guy. a guy he's a guy he's, he'll be like oh i kind of know this space i know where we're kind of at which is probably important to uh, yep. make your way home. Yep. Well, well and like, which, and that's because the they get, he so, actually he does serve a purpose. And they get thrown. I guess we didn't really explain when you when they get thrown through this wormhole thing created by the caretaker. They're like, mm-hmm. it's going to take them seventy five years to like at, at, at max warp. at warp nine uh, to get back to Earth. And uh, I mean, I'm sure that they'll take like you know being like a month out from Earth, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to take seventy five years. Yeah, 75 years at max warp because like and one of the things that's confusing is they talk about 75 years a lot and then sometimes they say 75,000 years and I'm going, whoa, 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 which one is it? Because that's that's way different, but it's that would be an impulse speed. 75,000 light years away, but then if it's at warp nine, it's 75 years is what they get at. So yeah, Neelix is uh, the guide and he serves a purpose. And now he's the chef because, and this actually, I think this makes sense because it's like, well, we got to ration what we have. So we can't just be using stuff all the time. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so they're like, well, well, we'll get the local fauna or flora and we'll eat that kind of stuff. Uh, but the thing that doesn't make sense to me is they use the hollow deck and it's just like, mm-mm. it's like, there's no way you'd be using the ship's like energy for the hollow deck. If you need to ration how much energy you use for everything else. Right. Is is this the episode where, uh, Janeway supposed to find her spirit animal? It might be. <laughs> I can't remember. All I know is that she wants coffee. And so she flies into a nebula. She's like, let's go into the nebula. Let's see if it can. Cause she, I think her th- her thinking is like that's what brought us here. Maybe oh. it'll power up the ship or something. And then they cut a hole in the cloud. They cut a hole in the cloud, and then they're like, "Uh oh, we're all oh, we're inside of a thing, and it's and it's like, you know, immune system is battling us." Yeah, it was like a. They thought it was a nebula, but it turned out to be an actual sentient like, entity. Being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it the only reason they did that was because Janeway wanted coffee because she didn't want to drink the sludge that Neelix had because right. that's the joke. That's the joke. That's the joke. So, and this could be the spirit animal one. It might be the 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 next episode. Yeah, the next episode of the episode before. Yeah. 
So the next episode, uh, 106, Janeway dials an escort. And this is uh, this could be a three out of four because it's is not this, bad. Is, is this the Romulan episode? This is the Romulan episode. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a bad episode, actually. Not, so this would be the only three out of season one. If I, oh no, wait, the last episode is also okay. not. Wow. Bad. Yeah. Okay. So this but, is like, yeah, sounds about yeah, right. High two, three ish. And, and this episode pretty well gets refurbished in DS9 with the, 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 uh, the voice in the silence or whatever that episode is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's like they find a little mini wormhole and on the other end of it is a Romulan ship because they send like a little, uh, beacon through and they can, it's like they can talk to it, but they can't, um, they can't go through themselves and it's a Romulan ship from the past. And, uh, but they so don't know that that's the, that's they don't the know twist that RJ. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the, it's a good kicker at the end too. Cause they're like, Hey, can you tell everyone in the Federation that we're lost and we're in the Delta quadrant? Cause no one knows where we are. And the guy's like, I will hundred percent. And then he clicks off and then the episode ends and they're like, good. And then Tuvok come well, in. No, the, the, the that, no, at, the, at that point they know that he's in the past. Oh. And, and then the kicker is like, well, uh, not to be Tuvok. the de- not to be the Tuvok here, but I am Tuvok. Uh, that guy died thirty years ago, and that was before relations between the uh, Federation and the Romulans would have improved. And it wasn't by this best before date, like so he didn't make it to now. So uh, that all being said, uh, who knows if, uh, so, yeah. if they, and then it becomes like a question mark of whether or not anyone will ever find out that information it's kind of like a oh so yeah the way they leave it with the romulan is they're like all right you're you're like um 15 years from when we go in the wormhole and we get lost it's like we don't want to throw off the timeline so it's like in 15 years the day that we go in can you go tell the federation that we actually are in the delta quadrant and he's like yeah no problem no problem i got it he's like i got your back no problem i got it and then then they end the phone call and then the wormhole closes. And then Tuvok's like, just so you know, he's like, this individual dies three years before. Maybe, he, maybe, maybe he put it in a will. And then, yeah. And then they're just kind of, they're backpedaling because everyone gets bummed out. And Tuvok is like, maybe he said something. And they're like, maybe you should have said something, Tuvok. He's son, like, I didn't want to. Son of a bitch. Off. He's such a hard ass. Nope. I kind of like it, but he is a hard ass. But yeah, that, that was a decent episode. No. Yeah, that, uh, and that's the last one I watched, which was good because uh, 108 looks like torture's back on the menu. One out what? of four stars. Oh, it's like fake torture. It's fake torture. Uh, so Tom, it's a Tom Paris. Oh, okay, is why. <laughs> that's why. But so, so Tom, wait, wait a minute, they're torturing Tom Paris. Yeah, that sounds good. It is good, but I didn't like the episode. Hmm. So I like the torture aspect. <laughs> But I didn't like the episode itself. So Tom Paris gets accused of killing an alien uh, to try to steal the alien's wife. And uh, the torture that the uh, court appoints to him is that uh, they're like, all right, every 15 hours, you have to relive the death of the person you killed. We have their memory of them dying and we're going to put it in your head. So it's like every 15 hours he has to die in his mind. And uh, it's him killing himself. It's kind of like the uh, the Miles O'Brien episode, but in, like, but in reverse, like or kind of a flip of that, where it's like a flip. You you get to live like twenty five years of imprisonment in your head. Yep. One scene. That's the thing. It's like I feel like the DS nine guys and the Voyager guys, Voyager guys were like right in line with each other because some of these episodes are so familiar. It's like they knew what was going on. 
Um, so yeah, I like the torture aspect. And then Tuvok comes in as a detective, but uh, it's mostly Tom Paris in this episode, and I just don't like him. He's just really, he's not, he's not great. So yeah. I, I thought this episode stunk. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have uh, 109. What did it do? It, it stunk. Okay. Uh, 109, Harry Kim gets, Harry Kim gets kidnapped. <laughs> uh, low two out of four stars. Yeah. This is the old casket switcheroo where uh, one man enters a casket to be buried, and then Harry Kim comes through, and he goes, huh? <laughs> and then uh, the, the Voyager gets a dead body on their ship, and they go, wait a minute. Harry's not performing the way he's supposed to be. He's barely doing anything. So uh, Harry Kim gets swapped with a dead body. Okay. Classic. Classic. Uh, I'm going to rip through some here, Jared. Yeah, go. 110. Sex aliens or something. I don't know. Uh, Two out of four stars. (laughs) Yeah. So this is uh, Prime Factors. Yep. And they find uh, some... Described as hedonistic aliens, um, they're very—it's very tempting. They have the technology to send them home, Jarrett, but they won't use it because oh. all they care about is sex. Oh, geez. So uh, no one leaves happy. Are, are they Italians? Uh, they look Italian. Okay. Yeah, but no one leaves happy. Uh, where were we? Um, One eleven. Just free spooning an enormous soup. Two out of four stars. So this is State of Flux, and this is where we get Seska. And Seska makes Chakotay a huge mushroom soup. And it's it's a bowl like this, Jared. Like, it's the size of, like, a novelty popcorn bowl. That would be, like, popcorn for, like, nine people. It's, like, that big. And Chakotay just goes in with a spoon and just starts eating it right out of that bowl. And I was just like, dude, that was for everyone. Oh, Seska's a, a, a Cardassian. Yes. So this episode's okay because uh, it sets up stuff, but uh, Seska then goes to the Kazons, which is annoying. Uh, but yeah, she is a Bajoran, but then they find she gets sick and they need to help her. And uh, my boy, the doctor, is like, hey, something's not right here. This girl's got weird physiology. She's Cardassian, not uh, Bajoran. So then they they find out that she was a double agent on the Maquis ship for Cardassia. Yeah. Shit. Maki was pretty easy to infiltrate because there was a Federation spy <laughs> yeah. and a Cardassian on, spy. on one ship simultaneously. On one ship. Yeah. So, um, though, like, first half of the episode is Chakotay trying to make excuses for Seska because she's not, like, meeting the quality that the Federation has. Uh, but Chakotay likes her. They have a thing. So he's, like, making up for her. And then you find out that she is Cardassian. And then she leaves, uh, setting up the ship. So... Not bad. It advances the plot a little bit, Jared. Do you know Seska? Barely. I, the name is like, oh, I, I kind of remember that name, but no, here I am. It's like, ugh. No, nope, not at all. Hey, want to hear about one one twelve? Yeah. Harry Kim gets kidnapped again. <laughs> Two out of four stars. Yeah. Heroes this and would, Demons. Yeah, this would be even lower, but uh, so this is their Beowulf episode, which it seems like all 90s TV had a Beowulf, uh, Beowulf it's, episode. It's true. For whatever reason. So uh, Harry Kim gets kidnapped into the hollow deck. Beowulf. Um, I want Baywatch. Bay, wow. <laughs> wow. Actually, uh, so uh, other than that pretty solid joke, uh, this introduces <laughs> ho- hollow novels. 
uh, which they like click in, and Janeway is a big one. She does like the Victorian era thing. Where oh it's, like, yeah, she, 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 in the novel. Th- there's a whole lot of holodecking on the Voyager. Uh, I have I have noticed. Uh, so they're hollow noveling into Beowulf, and Harry Kim is uh, disappeared into that. So they have to go save him. The only reason this isn't a one out of four is because the Doctor is the only one who can go into the hollow suite because he is a hologram, and uh, Robert Picardo is pretty cool. So I like him. Uh, but yeah, it's just another Harry Kim gets kidnapped episode, which three seasons in, it happens quite a bit, Jarrett. More than this, <laughs> these two times in the first 12 episodes. So they should have just called this as Where's My Wing? Where's My Wing? Uh, wing yeah, I mean, I think that would have been more fitting because he, it, it, like, that's all. Every like six episodes, he gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. This was yeah. So within twelve, he it happened twice already. This is the uh, majority falling in holes action. It's it's getting there, man. Harry Kim is a uh, he's an interesting he's, endeavor. He's like a kid in a mall. He oh my god yeah yeah he's a weird one. Anyways, uh, one thirteen troll or something. Oh, I don't say, know. Oh, say that again. Uh, 113, Alien Mind Control or something. I don't know. One out of four stars. Yeah, what Mind Control, red flag. Mind Control, yeah. So it's aliens are taking over and they're hopping from person to person. And I was just like, yeah. Because this is the kind of like plot or like storyline I don't care for anyways. I was like, yeah, pass. Uh, 114, uh, the Genitron, Mold <laughs> Guy again. Also one out of four stars. <laughs> mold Guy. So that's one of the uh, Frankenstein people. They're back oh, already. Oh, okay. Uh, and so this time, um, they say that uh, they are they're trying to find a cure for the phage. And uh, this is a really weird episode, man. So they kidnap uh, <laughs> they kidnap a bunch of the people again. Voyager's just them getting kidnapped. I can't remember if Harry Kim gets kidnapped, um, but Torres gets kidnapped, and she's half Klingon, half human, and they split her into a human and a Klingon. Oh. That's fucking weird. Yes. Jeez. Yeah. So I gave this a one out of four because I was like, I feel like this episode would be would be highly problematic. Yeah. If uh, let's say that you had a half, well, that well, episode aired. So the episode aired May eighth, nineteen ninety five. Uh huh. That's where we're at. Yeah. So this was. At. Oh, I wonder if the title "Faces" is a homage to John Cassavetes. <laughs> Clearly, he was the inspiration for yeah. this. Yeah, just just to bring it back, you know. Just to, to bring it back. Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, because we've been talking about Star Trek for about an hour. Oh, well, I'm not sure when we paused last, but we're we're at least uh, two hours here of, of, of preamble, which is great. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of the Voyager uh, baseline. Well, set l- luckily, for- we're only doing season one this week. Yeah, just but we, season. But one. there'll be a backlog of two, three. Four. Well, I imagine next week I'll just do all of season two, and then the week after, all of season three. Yeah. It'll be crisp, and it'll be to the point. Sure. But yeah, this episode is super problematic, because they, they split uh, Torres's two races into two individual oh. beings. And uh, there's a lot of conversation about, uh, well, what's better? Is it better to be Klingon? Is it better to be human? Mm. And um, mm. so the... <laughs> Yeah, I'll let you I'll let you fill in the gaps there. And then the way it ended, I thought that it was just the Klingon version of her dies 
And then it's just the human. And I was like, whoa. I was like, did they just make this guy her human? She's not in the next episode. And then in the episode after, she's back as half Klingon, half human. And I, I had to stop. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I was like, did they not talk about this? And I had to go back. And then it's like in the last five seconds of the episode, they're like, we saved her life by mixing her DNA together again. So she is back how she was. And then credits oh. there's, there's like, quite a bit fuck. on this episode on uh, wikipedia there's a oh, ra- sure. there's a racial analysis uh breakdown which you know actually is cre- positive uh i don't know or that's I, the wrong I, I would have to re- i would have to read it but yeah there's also mentioned where it's like uh, roxanne dawson who plays uh torres uh she had some doubts about it because she's like i've barely been this character this is like the first season like i don't even know who this character is yeah we want to do that mm-hmm. fair point i i think it's a fair point and not not to make problematic aside it's just like <laughs> it's like this is very early so anyways yeah that is a uh questionable episode questionable here. questionable and then we have 115 uh ptsd neelix that's a two out of four stars this is jetril jetril so what's this about uh it's basically cardassian stuff uh it's not cardassians but uh so there's a guy who is here who is like so neelix is talaxian and uh the guy comes in and he's he wasn't talaxian and he basically killed like an entire population of Talaxia and he's okay. known as like a genocidal guy. He was like a doctor who created this weapon that killed most of them. Uh, and he's there now to make penance with himself because he's dying. And he's like, Neelix, you have a disease that's going to kill you and I want to cu- cure you. And Neelix is like, I don't want to work with you. And he's just like, well, he's like, but he's like, more of Talaxians will die if you don't. So Neelix is like, okay, but Hey Jared, would you be surprised if this guy had some ulterior motives? Uh, not at all, RJ. Not at all. It's an okay episode. They're trying to give Neelix depth. It's moderately, I wouldn't say successful, but it, uh, it's there for sure. So it's a, it's an okay episode, but, uh, season one pretty much is, uh, I would say a skip. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm a little ahead of myself cause there's yeah, one episode. There's one more. All right. What, uh, so here is the quote I was going <laughs> to Okay, wait. What I don't I I actually wrote a lot for this episode. So basically my bottom line is Neelix makes cheese killing everyone on board. 3 out of 4 stars. Nice. So th- this is an actually okay episode. Neelix is making cheese and everyone gets sick and almost dies because uh cheese has bacteria in it. Mm. So uh and people in this t- in the century don't have never eaten real cheese before apparently is <laughs> what uh i don't know but then there's there's two quotes here jared that uh, i really want you to know about one is in quotes get the cheese to the sick bay or get the cheese to sick bay in quotes and then the other quote jared is three cardassians raped her bringing back rape gangs into the star trek uh world huh uh, so this is a crazy-ass episode. So this is where we get the first uh, Janeway in her Victorian-era Downton Abbey no- uh, novel. Uh, Tuvok is here, uh, bitches. He is working with Maquis people to get them up to Federation standards. It's like in the army now, where it's like people who don't want to be in the army are now in the army, and Tuvok is getting whipping them into shape. This episode aired on uh, 
friend of the show, Lawrence Chrysak's 12th birthday. I think that's very important to mention. Yeah. Very important. Because I was actually going to mention the the first Voyager episode was the night before my birthday. Wow. I won't say which I won't say which year, but uh, it happened. Um, so yeah, this episode, this one was actually a pretty good episode. Tuvok is uh, a real prick, but it's it's welcome. Uh, Neelix makes cheese; it almost kills everybody. Uh, and then we get like I think Seska comes back or something, or I don't even know who they were talking about that was raped by Cardassians. But uh, apparently, three Cardassians raped whoever it was. God damn it! So uh, some pretty serious stuff. Goddamn Cardies. Damn, damn, Cardis. I'd say if you wanted to watch any episodes of season one of Voyager, probably just be the season finale. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, season one of Star Trek Voyager, Jerry. Outstanding work, RJ, as always. <laughs> Next week, what's Harry Kim going to get into uh, this time? How many? How many? How, how, we'll kidnap him next. I think he's, uh, he's, he, so, he's so desired. He's so desired. I think season two has uh, also two Harry Kim kidnappings. Well, season one had three. Yes, actually, yeah. So season the, one is the first so, episode. Yeah, so we're at we're at three. We should keep a we should keep a counter here. I'm just gonna make a little note here. Harry the, Kim the, the, kidnappings the, the, or the Wang Watch. <laughs> Wang Watch. Okay, so Wang Watch, and we are at three, right? Yep. Okay. I made little uh, chicken scratch numbers because that's how you uh, little ticks. Perfect. So we're at three. And that's that, Mattress Man. Outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, fuck the news. Um, there isn't any. N- nothing's happening in the world yep. at all. Nothing. Um, let's talk about a movie, RJ. Okay. Okay. After the break. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to go shoot some people at the end of this episode. Huh? Stay tuned. Huh? <laughs>
And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about divorce, Italian huh? style, from oh, 1961, shit. directed by Pietro Jeremy. Who? He ordered marriage on the rocks with a twist. Italian style goes the tagline. <laughs> Can that be our tagline too? Um, uh, did you? No, I said, can it be? I mean, her ta- I mean, it could be our tagline, but do you do that? Do you Italian order, style? Did, did you order podcasts on the rocks with a twist? Italian style? <laughs> Italian style. I've ordered things Italian style before. Uh, usually they just call the cops when I say that. <laughs> yeah. Say, can I get that Italian style? And they say, yeah, no problem. And then the SWAT team, team comes in. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah. they tell you, I'm a cop, undercover. They you're, say, going away, you're, you're going away, pervert. You're going away, perv, for real this time. And I say, what? I said, uh, I, I said nothing, Pison. Big Pison. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, um, uh-huh. the, the synopsis from Letterboxd, RJ. Sure, sure, why not? Fernando Kefalu? Kefa- uh Sound good to you? Fefe? Fefe. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Fefe. Just call him uh, Fefe. Is desperate to marry his cousin, Angela. <laughs> but he is married to Rosalia, and divorce is illegal in Italy. To get around the law, he tries to trick his wife into having an affair so he can catch her and murder her, as he knows he would be given a light sentence for killing an adulterous woman. He How does per- he know that? He doesn't know. He knows a guy. He just knows? He, he heard. Okay. He persuades a painter to lure his wife into an affair, but Rosalia proves to be more faithful than he expected. Um, so number one, that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, for in a couple spots, but the one thing that I found wrong, because I didn't, I didn't dig into any supplements or anything like that, but I did read the the stuff on criterion channel and they keep calling her uh his cousin she's not she is his niece but in the subtitles do they not call her his first cousin they they say that but then he he won at at a certain point he describes his relationship to her to like one of the nuns at the school or something and he's just like oh i'm he's like oh uh, that that's bullshitting though I oh, think. that was just the bullshitting part? I th- yeah, because he was trying to be like, oh, that's I'm her uncle who's coming to give her a... But that's not better, though. Why Why wouldn't he just say I, well, he, I was he's her just, cousin? I don't know. Because maybe it makes more sense to, for him to be the uncle because it looks right rather than a cousin because a cousin's hard to explain. It's like, that's a big year gap for maybe this era. Okay. And so maybe being an uncle, it's like, oh, that's why I'm coming over to hug and kiss her because I'm her uncle. Because if you're... I mean, yeah, I mean, ultimately, neither of them are good. So I think he's because like, because earlier on he does say it's like it, when they're in the church in that first scene of the church, she, she's cousin. my first cousin, and then later oh, okay. when because the, the nuns going to stand like because he like goes to see his uh, cousin and he's like, oh no, I'm her uncle or or bad trans or bad bad uh, translations. I don't know. I, I don't okay. think Criterion would be that sloppy, but that's how I interpreted that. Okay, which I I thought could have been the case, but I was like, something's not lining up here. But uh, the other part of that uh, thing that is not quite right, like she's not uh, too faithful either, she, she, his wife. She eventually takes right off. Spoilers. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, hey, did Dan Klaus do the cover for this? That is, is this? actually my very first note, RJ. No, that, but, but that is 
Jaime Hernandez of Love and Rockets fame. Oh, so there's a okay, then, so that's kind of close. And there's another uh, Pietro Janermy movie that we'll be watching in Criterion one day, and that cover is drawn by uh, Mike Allred. Well, how did he get so lucky to get uh, these dudes doing covers for him? I don't know. I think I mean he's dead. I think I'm pretty sure because he because he was killed for adultery or what? <laughs> he was stoned to death. That, well, that, I mean, it's like that that he didn't get away with that honor killing. Well, it seems like it was the thing to do at the time. Yeah, he died in like 1974. Oh shit! So this dude's dead. Dead. He's not like fresh dead like uh, others. Other, yeah, yeah, exactly. Others. Hmm. Man, okay. in anyways, a, in, in a couple more years, he makes a movie called "The Birds, the Bees, and the Italians." <laughs> They're it's, the uh, the more aggressive it's, mixture it's, it's, of the It's two. an anthology sex comedy. Is that like Italianized bees? <laughs> I hope not. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember uh, that? No, I know. I know what you're saying. Anyways, continue. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I had never seen this movie before. Uh, the only thing I really knew about it was it had kind of a nice cover on a DVD, mm-hmm. and I'm like, because it's like, hey, that's Jaime Hernandez. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what is it? Divorce Italian style? No one talks about this movie. Despite the mm. fact, you know, I discovered. So this movie won the Academy Award for Best Screenplay, like original screenplay, essentially. Um, our boy, uh, kind of the Italian uh, Tashira Mufune, Marcello uh, Mastriani. Mm-hmm. He was yeah, not. Nom- that's appropriate. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I think I think I'm nope. right. I'm Yep. Am I always right? Well, he was nominated no. for he was nominated for best actor, and uh, Jeremy he uh, got a best director nod. So this movie was a big deal in the time. Yeah, you know, in, in 1962 uh, during that awards period when this movie came out, 61. Uh, but like, on, like, I don't know. No one really talks about this movie too much. But that's sometimes like it's a weird period to think back to because now people like lose their shit when non-American movies get attention in the academy mm. awards but yeah mm-hmm. that was a that was a thing back in the old days um yeah i was gonna say something but ultimately nobody cares tough so continue t- tough but fair tough but fair yep so uh let's just jump right into it so okay sicily wow you're really are you setting the scene for me what's going on no, i'm doing a hand gesture across the camera sicily and i look out as I'm on a train, RJ, that frames wow. the movie. Wow. Wow. Oh, geez. Just, just like that Criterion essay I sent you. A train? A train. Wow. What a, what an it's about, important plot point. No, trains. So, and it's like a cold open, it turns out, because he's narrating how he got onto this train beforehand. There's no real, like reason that this should matter to you it's just like oh this guy's getting on a train and he's checking out uh, young women as he gets on there he takes a seat he gets what does he order rj did you make an order of that uh i don't a, remember a steak two potatoes oh i think i did because i was like i better go back to summertime get that beef steak uh mm-hmm. screenshot that i know the world is demanding at this point mm-hmm. it's been a yeah. while Beef steak, two potatoes. When you when you order potatoes, do you specify the amount? Well, I'd say like how I would want my potatoes cooked. But you wouldn't be like two potatoes mashed, and you'd be like, <laughs> I want two potatoes mashed. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. what, what what type of potato are we talking about? Uh, Yukon Gold. 
not, not a, a russet. No, Yukon Gold were Canadian. Come on. No, well, I mean these are these are Italians. Italians? Oh, well, they're gonna just be eating like uh, fingerling potatoes, like something crazy. Mm-hmm. Something crazy. Yeah. So we, from this point on, he looks longingly into the landscape, and you're like, huh? He's he's talking about it like he hasn't been here for a while. Where has he been? Where indeed? So I don't know. And then uh, we flash back to uh, the his town village that he's returning to, Agrima, which I, a- Agraba, like I, from a- Aladdin. Ag- no. Okay. Agrima. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a real place or this is like a uh, satire, uh, satirical site of like all the stereotypes of Italy that would have been hysterical to 1961 audiences. Sure. Where you find out, like, a huge chunk of them are illiterate, all Catholic, chauvinistic. The, what the, else the, do the, they the, do? The, the, the communist party is just men dancing with other men, talking about how progressive they are. The women are kept behind closed walls, behind slightly revealing shutters. Just give a little bit of a tease. Ooh. What happens behind those shutters? We'll get there. Oh. We'll get there. Um, we, we find out that this guy is... Um, part of like a diminished like noble family his father um is like a baron and a horny baron which i will soon be describing all the characters of this film as horny at various points throughout the film if not entirely throughout the film wow okay this is the kind of level that i think people have wanted from uh, your reviews for a long time we yeah. just okay continue, continue. so uh yeah, and of course, uh, so Fefe, he, uh, he's got this big cigarette just like out of his mouth, like for half the movie's runtime, just jutting Which out. Which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like a, like eight and a half would be in like two years, just constant cigarettes. It was the 60s. I, I did like, though, how big his cigarette holder was. I think that really added to it. It really mm. adds class. Jared. And some like, phallic symbol, I suppose. I mean, I wouldn't put it that way, but it's just like, say you have a cigarette holder, you got a fedora, maybe you have like an Ed Hardy shirt or pants, matching pants for that matter. Uh, frosted tips. The, frosted tips, a visor. Or no, wait, fedora visor, sorry. Uh, and then the cigarette holder. Yeah, I think it looks good. Looks uh, good. I'm on board. Um, yeah. Well, um, he's heading back home. But we get we jump back into the time where we are introduced to Cephalu Palace. Uh, yeah, I've which been there. which is like you know, uh, it's like like a complex, a little villa in the middle of the the little vi- of the village town, and we're introduced to all the characters again. So there's Horny Baron, there's his sister who's getting married to the uh, funeral parlor Ooh. owner. Equally horny. They're very horny for one another. They just can't. Sure. They, but you know, good being good Catholics, they just, they can't take care of that itch. Well, you got to wait your turn, man. Yeah, got to wait your turn. Um, Fefe's got a a wife who is very horny for him, but his problem is he's not horny for her. He, all his horn dogness is being saved for that before mentioned cousin. All fifteen years of her. Mm, he is waiting. In terms of horniness, where do they rank on the Riker scale? Oh, man. Commander Riker? Shit. Yeah. Mm. Are, they, are they like, some of them might be on, I think Fefe might be on par with Riker. I, I, 
Mm, yeah, no, he's yeah, he's. I think he's a way above. I don't know in if terms uh, of overt. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if uh, Riker would orchestrate someone's murder, where uh, he gets to kill them himself, so he could uh, hook up with his cousin. That's a minor. I don't think that that's in him. Uh, no, yeah, Riker. Riker was as horny as he was. He was pretty pro, like choice. And like consensual legal horniness, so I, he 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 fits somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Um. So anyway, we get kind of like a montage of the town, and we go to the church, and I guess like we get introduced to the various factions, which again I, I guess is acting as sort of a poking fun uh, at uh, uh, Italian no, no. institutions. Then, like, even though everyone's in church, everything's about uh, presenting an image of yourself. Everyone's just sweating because they're all just looking mm-hmm. at each other. They're all like, "Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait to fuck you later." Ooh, that's the that that's the, the current here of the, the the situation. Even uh, the old dad, he he's like the biggest fucking horn dog of them all. He had some Duncan moves in there. You know, it's this swatting ass of the help, and then uh, the guy's wife's telling him, "Hey." Don't bend over like that, then. He he, don't be like that. Don't tease him. Don't don't he, don't don't ever show your back to him because you know what's going to happen. Uh, well, what would happen if you did? If you were wearing the wrong thing, perhaps, and mm. you you didn't have your full attention on him, perhaps, what would happen then? Well, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, she she protests. She's like, "This is unfair," and they say, "Hey, just don't go around the old horny perv if you don't want to yeah. be hassled upon." Or watch yourself. Yes, that too. Yeah, yeah, really good, really good. So, um, after a successful day of dealing with this, uh, they retire to bed, and of course, horny wife. She she wants what she wants, but uh, Fefe's like, "Oh man." I don't, I'm not into that. I need to go peep on my cousin who lives across the courtyard in the bathroom. He said, I know that you're ready and willing at the moment, but I think you're gross. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm not into this thing. I'm not. Said, I'm, I'm, I'm put off by your appearance you're, you're, and uh, well, your is it, personality. You, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's her appearance. I think it's just... Uh, he just doesn't like her? He just, yeah, she's too, too suffocating uh, for him. For his style, he's he's grown accustomed. He likes the this new thing that's come along. This fifteen year old, and now well, he, we're yeah. rooting for him. <laughs> allegedly, he is the show's protagonist. He is the protagonist, and uh, the goal of the show that you are rooting for the show is, is that he will achieve his engage goal. his goal with his underage cousin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is under the legal age of age of consent, I believe. And of course, the real oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. But this was olden times, 1961. So, uh, but Papa Papa Baron, he he needs to peep too. So he comes knocking on the door while he's still wearing his hat inside, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "Hey, I need to get in there and take a." I, I, we assume a shit, and then he's like, "You know, uh, Fefe's like, okay, go on in." And uh, he gets in there. He immediately just like hops up on the big window sill and like rolls up the top window curtain. And he he gets to a peeping, but we we don't even know who he's peeping on. It could be anybody. Who is he peeping on? Could it could be the could be her too. 
So you you said that you assumed he was taking a shit. Why do you assume that? I don't know. That's what old men do. They they take their business in there. I don't know if he had his newspaper with him, and he was just gonna have a a sit down for like the next forty five minutes. Let his mm-hmm. let his legs fall asleep. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, no. Okay, continue. So, um, so that's kind of like the the first act, I guess. Uh, the second act is introducing the whole thing with Fefe where he wants his cousin so bad. and But at the same time, he also is really sick of his wife. And he can't get divorced from her. And you get to see fantasies of his where they're, mm-hmm. doing, they're doing things and he's fantasizing about killing her. Is that good? Well, it's depicted on the cover of the DVD drawn by Jaime Hernandez. That's good. So some of these, de- the co- oh yes, yeah, it is. yeah, those were those little uh, drawings. Are Rather playful, very playful. Uh, and this film, I think, is also playful. It's a it's a dark comedy, according to some. Uh, I feel like this movie could just be, you know, like the my wife crowd. My wife. <laughs> I see. There, right. So one of the deaths is um. So there's a there's like the one moment where you see um. Uh, what's her name again? Uh, Rosalia, the wife. Uh, we see her get pissed off with um, Fefe's mother, who keeps like mm-hmm. making soap. She's like, "There's got to be a better way." She's always making soap, and it stinks. <laughs> and making this lard soap crap. <laughs> it's like should we we should not be making soap all the time. And it's like, well, we just go out and buy it. And it's like that's expensive. She's like mad, and this like really kind of sets him off because it's like you're really killing my mojo of just like sitting around smoking and hanging out in front of this fan. That's his job, by the way. Uh, that is literally all he does. He's a layabout rich guy who's mm-hmm. like, but he's got less money than ever. Well, I mean, they're, they're I, like, they're like poor rich people. He just wants to be left alone, Jarrett. Yeah. He just, he honestly just wants to be left alone and have his cigarettes. Like you said, that's right. But it's an important job. Someone needs to do it. Right. So, uh, he fantasizes about like, Stabbing her in the back and throwing her into the the cauldron of boiling fat for the soap render, um, and then the, we go to the beach. And while at the beach, uh, what happens there? She's like buried up to her neck for her uh, arthritis. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a mention like she's like. Where he's like, well, she, she was buried in the sand as normal for her arthritis, and then yeah. you go for her arthritis. Yeah, and then so he has, wait and, a minute, and he, and he, like you, it, it just made me think of Creep Show. Oh, uh, with Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson. Ted and Danson. That's a good uh, segment in Creep Show. Yeah, not too not bad. bad. Um, and so, but he then goes to he was wandering off for a little bit, and then he runs into his cousin. And, and there's some flowers and an embrace. And then he takes off. Mm-hmm. Something happens there. And I can't remember exactly what it is that breaks that breaks up that moment. Maybe it's the shouting of her father, this angry old farmer uh, who's like, like who's that. married into the family. Uh, yes. Yeah. There, yeah. Cause he's not part of the family proper. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's one of those weird things where, but is, they all live together. Yeah, it's like, is he her cousin and uncle? I don't I think know. So I'm not sure how that all works. Well, he, like, if, if she, that was a really uh, that child's from a previous relationship. 
the, the I'm, not, uh, I'm not familiar with the genealogy, but I, it does, and, I, it, and it doesn't matter really. There's mention in the opening where it's like it's like we had to live in the same mansion. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, because he was like bailing because his dad his yeah horny 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 baron dad. He's also uh, you know a lech and a gambler. All the good things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what gets you through. No. Yep. yep. And so yeah. he comes back with some flowers. Uh, and then he yeah so he fantasizes about her being buried alive in a like in quicksand and then he also uh fantasizes her uh being shot off into space in a rocket ship was that your preferred fantasy uh, of death or yeah, yeah. Just, just launch him into space yeah yeah why not yeah. why not nice yeah, and clean I mean, that's how i would like nice to go. and clean well you can't do that with superman because you'll get him closer to the sun and you'll get more powerful don't do that mm. Learn from Lex Luthor's mistakes. Um, and then, uh, so we get to the next bit where they are in a procession uh, going to some function or other. And along this function, um, we see, like, we have this story about, like, oh, do you hear about this, like, you know, mob guy, I think. And there was, like, there's someone who got, like, killed. Like, a, a wife got killed justifiably because she was schlepping some other guy. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, if, if I can concoct this idea where <laughs> my wife, uh, is, my I, wife. If, if, I, if I catch her uh, having sex with another man, that justifies me killing her. And then I don't, cause that's the, the hints. That's the marriage or it's the divorce Italian style. So because instead so, of like changing laws to make people yeah. happier, it's better to have it so you have to like concoct manners to kill your wife. I mean, because Jesus. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's even. Uh, there's not too much on that route. It's more just kind of like he's just like I'd rather just kill her. <laughs> but but it's like but it's like you can't you can't get divorced. Yeah, well, and like the thing too is like his his thing like leaves him in like shame as it is it's like you might as well have just divorced her we can't or, i guess yeah it's, i mean it was the only way he could do it exactly italian yeah. style italian style uh yeah i think at one point she gets shot uh in a fantasy of his but <laughs> from like a, a sniper uh yeah so you get these little drops mm-hmm. so uh oh and then at this point too uh is he starting to concoct this idea uh mm-hmm. rage dad uh angela the the cousin uh her dad's like sure. freak, freaked out because he read her diary and she was talking about the night that or the day that she's had the other day in the flowers all the embracement so much and he was just like i'm gonna get her checked out make sure she's intact they call him the midwife he's got this big nasty mole on her face and she's like no not her and then, then she gets that but the midwife is able to report that she is undefiled it's like, uh, who was it? Was it Dwayne Wade that was sending his daughter in to get checked like that or something like that? Something like that. Something like that? Yeah. Problematic. So um, from this point on, it's kind of, he's got to find a guy. He's got to find a guy that he's going to get to bang his wife. <laughs> well, yeah, in his, his mind, he's just like, listen, he's like, if someone else has sex with her and I catch them, it'll be fine if I kill them. Be, Everyone will be on my side. Nice and legal. Yeah, he'll say it'll be on my side. And he's like, and plus, he's like, people will probably want me to. Oh. Look at these letters I'm getting. So, yeah, uh, as it just turns out, um, this this dude with a goatee shows up 
and he's a he's a painter at the church, mm-hmm. but he's also an old flame of his wife. Oh, his wife. And of course, his wife saw him in this procession. Oh, it was, it was like a funeral for somebody, maybe. I don't know. Uh, well, the the whole town just hangs out in like the mid, the, like the that, plaza. This is Italy. This is yeah. what, this is what you do. You hang out in the plaza. Everyone hang out, and then no. uh, he, uh, if you walk by, uh, people will notice, and they give you one of these, Jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hand gesture. The hand, uh, no. yeah, and uh, he's like, I just take my, he's like, my broad used to have great hips, Al Pacino style. He said a great ass. He's like, I just got to show it off. So he's like, we'll walk her by, and we'll get her into the uh, the opera, and that's where he starts uh thinking about where to pair her off, and then he gets the painter guy in mind. He's like, hmm. Um, so, so the one thing that came to my mind, like, as this is like kind of being laid out the whole sequence of the movie, like that play, like him, like doing all this, all this effort. And like, this is kind of like a proto Yorgos Lanthimos movie in some ways, but it doesn't have any of the like exacting cruelness of, uh, a Lanthimos Mm -hmm. movie. Like, but it's like in the ballpark, but it's very like 1960s. And it seems too, it's too nice almost and too cute. Whereas I would be curious to see like a Lanthimos, not remake, but this type of story where it's like, oh, like I can't do this any other a way. You, 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 you could see Colin Farrell playing the main character yeah. here. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe like Catherine Zeta Jones as his wife. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm Rooney sure. Mara is the cousin. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure who the, the painter would be, but you could uh, slot Mark Ruffalo in. or someone like that. Yeah. There you go. Mm hmm. Yeah, or you could be, or, or I. Yeah, it could be your uh, your first acting yeah. job. So uh, he has two things that he needs to line up though, because he, now he's got this. Now he's got them on the meat because he's going to get the painter to help restore some frescoes or whatever in the ceiling, of of the collapsing, um, you know, villa. And uh, so he goes. He goes to town to go uh, pay a visit to his cousin. He's can't, he has to see her, and he Just also gotta. he picks up a tape recorder. That he's going to install into his uh, own place so he can, like, document it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so he can be like, aha, see? And then, of course, he also talks to a lawyer, a very mm-hmm. high-quality lawyer, to like, be like, hey, we're friends, right? I bought you a drink one time. He's the best. He'll get me off. I like that scene, too, because uh, that's another classic spaghetti scene. We're getting a lot of spaghetti scenes in the... Uh... The Criterion Collection. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I guess like when you're shooting movies, it's uh, cheap. You can make pasta all day long. It, take, it doesn't take super long. It's all they eat over in Italy, too, well, I think. I'm, but, right? I'm saying, but in, in all of cinema, there's probably a lot of uh, spaghetti. There's a lot of Italian influence in cin- cinema, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, aggressively so. Uh, I have a, nor- a note here in all caps, HORNY HOUSEKEEPER. Which one? Uh, the one that got her ass grabbed by the Baron, but now mm. she's like really into the painter, too. And and, and, she, oh, yeah. and she's like there, but her being there might screw things up. And then, of course, uh, Fei-Fei's like, whoa, whoa, is this, is this painter guy trying to corrupt her? And this is when you start really, like, I, I start to really notice um, the the mustache, like, n- kind of quirk with his face that he does. Quark? Qu- quark? <laughs> yeah, did you say quark? Quirk. Oh, okay. Yeah, continue. Quirks and quarks? Yeah. Yeah. That was the one. That's the ticket. Uh, he says this like weird like, hmm, where he pulls his mustache aside. Nice, nice little subtle thing there. I like that. He plays a good effect in this. Um, anyway, so mm-hmm. you st- then you, this is when you start realizing like 
this guy is just like listening in his like <laughs> private room with the fan on, airing off his stinky feet, listening to his wife uh, get seduced and also work on rekindling an old flame. And you're like, mm-hmm. is, is this a cuckold? Is he is he like he's going along with a cuckold? And he's like, yeah, yes, they're doing it, yes. And he, there's this kind of narration thing where he's like walking the steps and he's imagining what the uh, the attorney is going to say in his defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he keeps like explaining it, and like then the lawyer backtracks as he makes the decisions. Pretty good, not not a bad little gag. Um, but I, I would say that this is definitely the point of the movie that dragged for me was just like them getting together. It just seems to go on for like fifteen minutes, and yeah. you're like, okay, I get it. They're going to no matter what. Um, but then like it all climaxes with um, all the horny Italians going to see La Dolce Vita. They uh, and I mean. What a strange film to include in there. Is there any connection to this film? Uh, the main actor, RJ, who does not appear, who does not appear on screen. So it's so meta. And then it's a big showcase of, uh, hey, here's a big chesty blonde woman dancing around. And you get this whole room full of just Italian men who are just looking at the screen. Mm-hmm. Thirsty. Because is... it's hot. That's the one thing I don't know if we mentioned enough here. It's it's hot here in uh, Agromont. <laughs> It's a bit of it wasn't the most right. realistic interpretation of Italians though because I feel like they'd be ripping the uh, the screen out to try to get closer to this lady. <laughs> yeah, they just don't understand. They think that they think the, the, the train's coming at them. There's a woman. Uh, there's a giantess there on the screen. Get her. They say get her. They say that woman uh, could pleasure all of us. I, I think exactly. And I think there's like a bit where in the narration they're like they came from the countryside. <laughs> No, that yeah, because they're filling up the screen. They're like, even the farmers came. Yeah, the and it's just like well, it's like well, because the dusty dudes. Well, there's a joke that like it's the yeah because the the, uh, the priest was like telling them, do not go to this disgusting this this perversion. But so the whole thing is that like while um, Fefe is out at the theater, uh, he's got to go back because he knows because of the tape recording that his wife and the painter are going to be banging, and he's like, good, this is my opportunity to go back and kill them. Mm-hmm. And then so while he's on his way to go there, this is like when I'm like, fuck, this is like, like uh, Gomez Adams. He, I, I honestly, I thought this entire movie, I was like, this is, this dude looks and, exactly like Gomez. But then you start thinking about like kind of like the ghoulish kind of uh, stuff with like killing his wife. You know, like, it's like, it's not, he does not have the love, the undying love that Gomez has yeah. for Morticia, but like sort of like the gallows humor. Um the, the, or the macabre, humor, macabre, macabre humor, I guess. It's like, oh yeah, these yeah. are like Charles Adams comic strips of like weird deaths and stuff like that in this weird collapsing house with weirdos and stuff. I'm like, huh, I don't know if anyone's ever mentioned that. Uh, if, if Charles uh, Adams was ever a fan of the uh, marriage divorce style. Well, when did the Adams family come out? 60s? The Adams family. It was a comic strip. Let me see, because this movie came out in '61. But no, I I thought the uh, I thought the exact same thing. '38. Uh, what oh, goes back that long? Holy shit! Well, I print see below comic 1938. Oh wow! By uh, the first novelization, uh, Shecky. What? <laughs> okay, no. So now it's saying the '80s. No. Or not the '80s, the '60s. But yeah, it was, the, it was, it was the New Yorker. But when did what year did the premise begin? Well, because at the very top of the uh, they say about the Adams family thing on the side here, it says comics 1938. 
Yeah, fuck. I mean, there's like back in the. Th- I mean, began uh, when Washington thirty two. His cartoons ran regularly from thirty eight when he drew the first instance of the family. It was like, oh fuck, he started in thirty eight. So yeah, no, I mean, it's just kind of a uh, maybe maybe. Uh, Jeremy is a, an Adams Family fan. <laughs> I think that uh, I think makes more sense. Not the same thing. I was like, this guy looks like Gomez Adams. Yeah, but yeah, I was like that more of the TV show. But even that yeah. seems late. Yeah, or con- but... very concurrent with like monsters and stuff. Anyway, now that's like yeah. this drove me because of that slick back hair and the mustache, and mm-hmm. that. Oh, this only went. Wait a minute. He said, hold on a second. That's not Raul Julia. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, RJ, have, did you happen to read that essay I sent your way? I, I glimmed it, and then I went, this is why I don't read Criterion essays. Well, well there's the thing where the guy's saying, like, well, you could understand why he's, like, into his niece or his cousin. I didn't see peach, that part. Her peach skin. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 buddy. Is that still getting produced in the Criterion? Because I feel like uh, it's, on their, it's, on, it's on their website. 2005, baby. Uh, it's a pretty yeah, weird. It's yeah, a. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think. I think it's a pretty. Uh, it's like it, it's a different movie being watched. In my, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I think even twenty years ago, I feel like people should have been like, "Eesh," like that's not good. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's uh, just the whole thing. It seems like he's like the hero. Like you're really rooting for him. Like I don't. Know, I don't. I didn't really feel like I was rooting for him. It was kind of just like you're watching it happen. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was supposed to be, but at the same time, like like you, I was like, I'm. I don't want this guy to be to successfully court an underage minor, but uh, it's gonna. Ha- but it's gonna happen. It's like I'm watching though. Yeah. We're talking about it. Yeah, no, that essay was gross. And then at the end, I just saw it. Uh, the last <laughs> line. It's like, and it of course is a masterpiece. Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh god. People, so he, so he got paid for that, but sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I made a note here too. I'm like, man, this is like kind of like almost the same idea that would be the template for uh, 90s thrillers. Uh, yeah. Well, but, see, but, I but, actually... would be more serious. Like you'd have Michael Douglas with like Ashley Judd or something. Yeah, I think so too. But like I got the vibe yeah, right. from that a lot too. Like I was like, this seems a lot like uh, 90s rom-coms to me. Like um, it's like – this is kind of like there's something about Mary where it's just like, ah, oh, the girl I like is with someone else. And everyone... Plus the girl I like is my cousin. Whoa. <laughs> mm. um, I guess this will all be a, a movie to point out too because there's always this thing about like comedies are usually really badly shot. This movie's not. This movie looks great. Yeah, it does. It does. It looks very good. Um, looks good. And so what happens is Fefe gets back to the house to, to kill him, but it's like, wait a minute. My wife, she's sneaking away. And she's like eloping and running away with the painter guy on a train. I can't just kill him in cold blood or in <laughs> hot blood, allegedly. Shit. And then now he's like, oh no, I'm a cuckold. And then all the social club guys are all laughing about it. And boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. There's a uh, extreme amount of cuckold talk. <laughs> at, least, at least five whole mentions of it. There's at least five. There was a couple more I didn't include where uh, when he's just reading the letters that he's receiving and he's like, cuckold. Oh, yes, good. Cuckold. <laughs> good. Cuckold. He says it about four times in that scene alone. Uh, but, yeah, he, he talks about cocking mm-hmm. quite a bit, man. Yeah. Quite well, a bit. It, it's very. It's a major plot point here. I'm I mean, yeah, remember, it is. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Clouseau. He tried, that one movie we watched, uh, Le, Corbe- Le, Corbe- Le Corbeau. So that movie got popped in my mind because you have this, 
European small community with letters and people writing mm-hmm. fake letters and like weird symbols mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that that just popped in my head again. I went, what is what is this? This this is not something that I can relate to culturally, but it's in movies a lot because you. You prefer not to be part of the community? I guess. So what winds up just happening here is uh, the whole village just is like, they're like kind of embarrassed of him because they're like, hey, what are you going to do about this? Like, you're you're going to let this woman disrespect you. And since you're like, uh, you know, the nobility of this town, you, you disrespect us by not doing the right thing. And you're like, well, what's going on here? Because everyone's mocking him. His wife's like, or his uh, wife, his sister, her uh, boyfriend doesn't want to get married anymore because I don't want to marry into that mm-hmm. family. She's like, look, you fucking, you cuckold. You like it. You like being a cuckold. Spits on him. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's embarrassing the, uh, for the that's, whole family. That's the painter's, yeah, by the end. The painter's wife. Yeah, because yeah, uh, what happens is uh, the cousin. Oh, I see. The, the you, cousin. Yeah. So the cousin's yeah. father dies because he accidentally reads one of the letters she sends the wrong letter to him she, yeah she puts him in the wrong envelopes and sends him to the wrong things very comically and dies he dies because like in all comedy he dies and then at the funeral the uh, painter's wife because it turns out he also ran out on his wife with and, and three kids and three kids and uh she's like what are you gonna do about it and he's like oh, i didn't really have a response he just spits right in his face covid style and uh everyone's looking at him like you gotta do it everyone's like like we'll get you and then, and then a guy like, comes because well, well, one of the things is like he still wants to like kill his wife but he can't be like too obvious about it being like huh where is my wife at <laughs> but someone finally goes okay we know we all know what you want to do here we all know you want to take care of it mm-hmm. here's the name here's the place they're staying so he's like <laughs> well off i go yep and then what happens Jared? um well he catches up to them but before he can kill his wife, the other spurn party, the painter's wife, she shows up first and kills her husband. And then she's like walking back down the hill and uh, Fefe's like, what about mine? <laughs> and so he has to go up and kill his wife. And you're like, Oh, well, nice tidy little package. Um, mm-hmm. uh, everyone's like proud of him for doing the right thing. There's a trial. Everyone's very enthusiastic. And they're like, yeah, he did it. Um, there's this weird little line about, uh, you can't like have, Children can't testify in Italian court of law. It's just not done. But you can show photos of them because mm-hmm. children will always be children, which I think is a pretty good little observation. Um, mm-hmm. And then, hey, Fefe gets three years, minimum sentence. Uh, the, a pardon doesn't come up, so he had to do his whole time. He's like, that's fair. It's what it is. He's like, but, you know, I'm coming back now. This is when it goes back to the train. Hey, we're coming back. Uh, my cousin, she said she was going to be here, but her letters aren't coming with the same frequency anymore. But oh no, pith, pithy that it'll be fine. It'll be fine. He said I was only gone for but three hey, years. Guess guess what? Three years. She's of age now. Oh, holy shit! Do you think she waited? Uh, well, she said she was going to. She, she did, and they get married. Yes, oh, they do. Wow. Happy story. Seems like people are okay with it too. Yeah, they get on a boat. They're going on their honeymoon. They're he's nuzzling her. He's paying as much attention to her as his wife Rosario was paying to him. Very dotting. But then the camera pans down this uh, woman's bikini body, and you see her feet playing footsies with the boat guy who's operating the boat. And you go, "Uh oh, spaghettios." 
said, oh, no, she kind of did the thing. She went out to the one thing, and she did the thing, Jared. Well, RJ, that's Amore. Wow. This Paisan thinks he can just drop any Amores here and there as he feels. You didn't even ease in with a spaghetti or anything. Not nothing. Not one. Forget about. So that all being said, um, I guess probably one could infer from my tone that I thought this movie was ite. Very good. It's pretty yep. good. Uh, it definitely uh, surpassed my expectations. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's like I'm not in love with this movie. Uh, it's uh-huh. not like holy shit, what a masterpiece! <laughs> like the Criterion essay, but I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, as far as uh, '60s Italian comedies go, not bad, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, really, I mean, all my enthusiasm, I think, is, was in my recap. Sure, really. So I sure. don't know. Um, yeah, this was good, and I look forward to checking out. Um, Jeremy's next film and I wonder will it be as horny as this movie I mean we could hope right we can can surely hope we can pray hope and pray that the horniness will never go away Mm -hmm. so RJ as a repressed Catholic with Mm -hmm. great love for the Italian people and, and cuckolds what did you think of divorce Italian style I'm not sure where the repressed comes into play, but uh, divorce, Italian style. My first comment is just, what is this movie? You know, what a strange thing to exist. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, I, I think we've thoroughly kind of covered. Um, the implications of this movie, we have a man who wants to kill his wife. My wife jokes, you know, this is very... Uh, I think it's only in the last few years that uh, the awareness oh. people are starting to like. Can, can you repeat what you were just saying? It just zero. It just zonked out. That you just zonked out. No, it's it, like the recording. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. Uh, I think like the initial setup of uh, his like him not being interested in his wife, like the, my wife. And then the Rodney Dangerfield, like take my wife, take her like those kind of like older jokes. I think in the last couple of years, those have kind of lost style maybe <laughs> for uh not, not quite, not even just like the younger people. Like I think older people are kind of like that too, but I think most people are now are just like, if you don't like her, then get a divorce. What about uh, Al Bundy? I mean, he was a whole different kettle of fish altogether, right? But they, they didn't have toilets flushing in this movie. Actually, there was a toilet flush in this movie. There was. So it was all there. Um, which, I mean, like, I'm not saying that stuff's not here anymore. I think people are just more aware of uh, those jokes now. So you have uh, this movie with this guy who wants to kill his wife, and you're like, oh, well, that's all well and good. Good <laughs> good stuff. He, uh, as you pointed out, he just hangs out with his do-rag in the hot room trying to drink his coffee or do his crossword puzzle and that that wife man she just won't leave him alone she's she's like here's a little snack for you have a little sip said can i have a sip out of your cup Mm -hmm. he's like oh he's in this fucking lady it's really warm out don't don't come near me (laughs) yeah he's hot he's got his fan on she's like piping hot coffee for you give me a sip out of your cup and he's like this woman so uh he lives in uh, the little study room there uh and i was like for all that stuff i was like all right fine uh and then he's being 
involved with uh, the younger family member. And I was like, like, that's a little icky, but all right, let's see where this goes. Uh, and then we have the elaborate cuckold uh, s- strategy. And I was mm-hmm. like, interesting. So I, w- I didn't quite see it going that route. But I think I checked the time. There was like an hour left. And I was like, oh, I guess that's what this I guess that's what this movie is. It's some real Kobayashi Maru action. The little Kobayashi Maru. It's like sometimes things are designed to fail, Jared. That's right. And you have to learn from that. All right. Uh, And then we had that set up. So, I mean, after the initial kind of like what the movie was kind of – got past like uh, i think there's some definite good stuff here um as you said uh it looks great um it's just put together nicely like uh everything's very crisp very sharp it feels it feels like a real movie which sounds <laughs> silly but it, yeah. it it feels like a real movie so i was like oh it's nice that there's some actual production and some actual value in this thing like it looks good they tried um our boy Fefe, he he's just pretty good to watch on screen, even when he's doing weird, gross sexual things. You're just like, this guy's interesting to watch. I'll I'll stay on board with this. Uh, for the comedy stuff, like um, I know we always talk about the dated comedy. Like I didn't find any of the joking itself like dated. Like the situation stuff, the rom com situation of setting your wife up for an affair. That's right. a little bit. Wow. And then like the whole thing of like every time he comes into a room or a space, his sister yeah. appears with uh, the, the, her fiance and they're like trying to like, Oh, we've been caught again. But like, we're trying to, we we're just about to have sex and now you're interrupting me. Mm-hmm. And they just can never seal the deal. Uh, man. Is, there, is there like the thing too, about mentioning that she's like damaged goods right at the beginning? <laughs> like you're like, Oh, well, like, I'm like, what does that mean? But it's, she's, she's getting married. So I didn't quite get the, Unless Maybe, it meant that, or was she uh, not intact anymore? I think that's what, because since it came up later, I, I imagine that's what it was. The implication that she had been with another man, mm-hmm. potentially. 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 Uh, so yeah, some some of that stuff. I I think some of that stuff is dated, but there's actually some stuff here. Where like um, I said, I th- I feel like this is like proto rom com, and I actually do think that where like some of the some of the elements of the movie itself are actually pretty nice. Like uh, there's a scene in the church where he's narrating and then he sees that people are looking at him. So his narration gets quieter and it's just like, nobody can hear your thoughts, dude. But that's the joke, Jarrett. And he's just like, Oh, I'm in church. I better, t- I better think a little bit quieter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's playful. That's fine. Um, I, I also think it had some pretty snappy, like editing stuff. Uh, with some of the jokes. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it's one of the scenes where he, they're walking up and down like the plaza and like people are looking and like it's, it, it moves pretty fast. And I was like, this is, this is just like what movies right now do kind of thing. <laughs> it's just like today. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought it had a lot of elements of like situational comedy that are still used pretty frequently. So I was just like, Hmm, it's like, I'm sure it wasn't the first, but it did it effectively, so I'm sure it influenced some other people to continue this trend. So if this if this movie makes the uh, um, the circuit again, it'll have in in quotes timeless R.J. Baylog. Timeless. I mean, it's a story as old as time. Don't like your wife, cock. All right, Tim Heidecker. Is that what he says? Uh, that's something he'd say on cinema. The story as old as time. Yeah, story as old as time. 
you uh you hate your wife, you fall in love with your cousin. It's uh it's happened to every all of us. Yeah. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We'd all like to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the vibe I get from this movie, though. Like, uh, frequently. Um, but yeah, so like, there is a... Despite the reputation that others have attributed to me, uh, there are some good things that I, t- I took from this Italian film. And it wasn't all, oh, pizza pie. Um, but there are still some... Uh, questionable italian more uh morality and values in this thing yeah it's weird i, I don't remember uh, any of that coming up in salo the pizza pie yeah i don't remember that part uh, there, there, i don't think there is a pizza pie uh there's a pizza pie you're just it's just not the kind you want to eat yeah, friend that's right yeah so um yeah, there's that. But yeah, no, there there is actually there's some good stuff in this movie. The, it's just the movie itself in current 2021 uh, culture is fairly ridiculous. Um, and I, I realize that is the point. But uh, there are a few things you're watching it and you're just like you kind of said, you're like, am I rooting for this guy? Like this dude who is like his goal is to hook up with this underage family member. It's like, is that who the hero is? And it is. He is the hero of the movie. So you're like, you're like, is that good? Like, do I feel good about this? I don't know. It's hard to say. Hard to say. Uh, so I think this movie definitely has some merit. It has some good things into it. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's some weird stuff in here too. And you're kind of just like, oh, gross. <laughs> so uh, divorce, Italian style. Oh, see, I haven't even done the Italian accent too much. Wow, there you go. You're, you're fitting it all in. Get your shit in yeah. at the end. Oh, gabagool! I think the funniest Italian thing in this movie, Jared, which I think needs to be mentioned, is the uh, the hand gesturing. The one in the uh, the like the opera house mm-hmm. where he's looking around and the, he meets eye contact with the other guy staring up at him, and the guy gives the hand back, and he gives the hand. It's like this. He's like, it's very like. I don't know how to describe that. Like limp, kind of, just like. Uh. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really funny. I was like, I don't think that's intentionally supposed to be funny, but I like it. Pizza pie. Pizza pie. Gabagool, macaroni and gravy. You know what I mean? They're insatiable, and there's not much we can do about that. You know who is insatiable? Who? People who hate this film. Tell me about them. Calamity Hay. Calamity Gannon. Hey. Oh, okay. Well, half a star. One of the most unpleasant viewing experiences I've had in recent memory. Moral ugliness filtered through jaunty tone does not equate to satire. Uh, is this skewering political sapphire or satire? Oh, is that uh, what? It's more. It's more biting. Biting, not skewering. Right. Okay. Uh, let's have a look at the skewering review or ratings that this person gave. They gave AI five stars. Now I've never seen AI Jarrett, hmm. but I find that a little questionable. I'm surprised they don't have a... actually, RJ. You haven't seen yeah. that. No, I have not seen AI. Uh, there's not some not bad movies in here, but they did give Jersey Boys five stars, and I saw that movie on an airplane. It is not a good film, Jarrett. Okay. It is not a good film. What a half star film. Uh, like ratings in here um the rugrats movie american pie driving miss daisy those aren't half star films jojo rabbit i've never seen but 
Hate, hate, hate. I don't think it's a half-star film, if you know what I mean. Someone also, one thing I should mention, Kramer versus Kramer, half a star. Uh, on their review, someone commented, oh, come on. You didn't laugh when Marcelo violently refuses to take sugar in his coffee? This one's great. <laughs> so I just, I, I thought I should point that out to you. Mm, thank you. And then Calamity Hay said, oh, dear. We defer pretty wildly on this one. I hate to sound dramatic, but I didn't laugh once. Oh, Skewering. That's pretty severe. That's. I don't know if uh, they they'll ever recover from that blow. No. Wow. Uh, Shirley Berger Jr. Do you think there's any relation to Jared? Yeah. I don't know. Let us know. We'll have to find out. One star. The only in-flight movie on the Lolita Express. Uh, I mean, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think Shirley Berger could be related to our friend, Jared Berger. Uh, five stars to Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Five stars to Hopscotch. Five stars to Dillinger and Charlie Varick. Five stars to Step Brothers, Jared. Am I speaking your language here? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some other five-star shows that are not quite as good, so maybe take that back. But here's a bio from this person. 67-year-old Jewish man. Divorce. Former sports journalist. Watches movies in between putting on sweatpants and going to (laughs) (laughs) Grossmaner Market. Writing a novel on global corruption spanning across Latin America and the state of Maryland. Oh, my God. This is is my guy. (laughs) Love love the Red Wine Metro Rail. (laughs) The Avalon, do you see? Rockville Pike and Lito's Pizza. (laughs) This person had a lot to say. They only have one half-star film, and it is Shampoo. Wow. So, but uh, one-star films were Divorce, and then this person, interesting connection. They one-starred The King of Staten Island, and the last person gave a half-star to The King of Staten Island as well. But surely Berger Jr., if this is Jared Berger's dad, he sounds like an interesting guy. Or grandpa, perhaps. I don't know. Grandpappy. uh, Yeah, that was a... Pretty good bio. I yeah, like it. I like that. That's that's. I want to see more of that on Letterboxd. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll always uh, I'll always pop at a uh, mention of sweatpants. <laughs> and then the uh, the things they like, which in- include a metro and a deli, I believe. Uh-huh. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, finally, two stars from Aurora. Okay. I like this about as much as I could like a dark comedy about a guy trying to murder his wife so he can go after his sixteen-year-old cousin. Uh, I mean, yes, but that's quite literally the movie, movie, right? Yeah. Um, their five stars are just criterion things, but also summertime, Jared, five stars. They like beefsteak. What can you say? They like beefsteak. Actually, here's another weird connection. This person and the last person had the lady killers in high ranking, the 1955 lady killers. Yeah. Yeah, So that's, I I don't know about that. Just weird that uh, the things I see. Oh, this person half-starred Joker. They weren't a fan of the Society film. Commentary, Jared. Skewering commentary. Skewer. Consider yourself skewered. Consider yourself skewered, friend. Yeah, uh, they do not have a, a catchy bio. <sighs> good. Not good. Not good. Not good. Well, any final thoughts on divorce? Italian style? 
uh, I'd like to get some de- cured deli meats, Italian style, if you know what I mean. Gabagool. So anytime, can we? When? How can we incorporate Italian style into our current dialect? <laughs> It'll happen naturally. Just naturally? Yeah. Italian let, style. Let it happen. So how would you describe? Like that's probably a good send off, or uh, to bring us back. Never mind. Um, okay. Uh, after the break, we're going to go play footsies with the boat guy. Boating, Italian style. You can never know what it's like. Your blood like when a freezer just like ice. And there's a cold and lonely light that shines from. RJ, is, yeah. is, is Andrea safe? She's safe, Italian style, which means away from Italians. <laughs> wow. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlow, the problematic sure. one. Uh, that's a character I play for a podcast. We're on YouTube. We have a Patreon. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a SoundCloud, Stitcher, Italian iTunes, style. Google Play. Patreon Italian style. Next week. Oh, man, buddy, I'm what? pumped. Spine 287. Oof. Less blanks is Burden of Dreams from 1982. I prefer the Burden of Dreams Italian style. Are you, uh, well, this is German style, I guess. German style? So yeah. sad. Well, you're you gonna watch. Uh, you're gonna be watching Fitzcarraldo. Am I supposed to? Well, this is the making of Fitzcarraldo by Werner Herzog, RJ. Uh, you're just gonna throw a making in into the collection without actually having Fitzcarraldo as, as a pre, like a precursor. Correct. The fuck is this shit? I didn't know that. It's a uh, it's big dog here. So is this Herzog Italian style? Uh this is Herzog style. So you're saying this is one of the this is a big dog day? I I think I think it's pretty cool. It's been a while okay. since I've seen it, but I don't know. It's one, it's one of the best making ofs around so do, do you feel that for real i do wait is Fitzcarraldo not on the channel anymore probably not <sighs> it was until like what like a month ago like <laughs> rj <Fuck. laughs> well i can watch a two minute interview of fritz laying on mabuse i'm gonna do that instead <laughs> okay sounds good yeah Ugh. rj's gonna figure out his life and, uh, well, we're going to watch the Star Trek. Good night. Apparently not now. i got to watch a bunch of Herzog shit. <laughs>